Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode number 10 for February 2009. Usens. Hello and welcome everyone to the Phileas Club, the show where we talk to people from around the world to get their views on the news from the past month. I hope you have all been uh, really doing well in the past month. And uh, I will take a minute here to introduce the panelists we have for you today. So the first one it has become a, a staple of the show. And I think if we ever don't have him, we'll get a, a flurry of hate mail. Uh, that's, of course, Turkey, who's joining us from South Saudi Arabia. How are you doing, Turkey? I'm well. Of course you need me. I'm, I'm the star of the show. It's not Patrick anymore. <laughs> so we need, I, we need to change the title of the show or something. To, to the Turkey Club? <laughs> <laughs> Turkey's Club of stuff that happens around the world. That would be a good, uh, uh, a good name for the show. Um, we also have... Uh, we can't do this show without you, Patrick. You're, you're the brains <laughs> behind this whole thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, the lack of brains, maybe. Uh, to, uh, we also have another illustrious returning uh, guest, and that's Tom Merritt, of course, uh, from, uh, well, so many shows. Uh, East Beats West, Buzz Out Loud, uh, Sword and Laser. How are you doing, Tom? whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I find it saves time to be on podcasts instead of listening to them. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I've, I've heard you don't do that anymore. You've given up on, on listening to podcasts. No, no, I just, I just guest on them now. <laughs> um, and you were also telling me about your alien technology that uh, woke you up today <laughs> because uh, it's yeah. very early for you. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, nine thirty, nine forty-five out here, and Patrick chatted me before the call and was like, "Are you awake?" I was, ah, I've been awake for two and a half hours because my dog got me up. <laughs> and I, ooh, I also heard that uh, our French cheese got you sick last week. Are you feeling better? It was not French cheese, actually. Ooh, I um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was some kind of strange, weird Californian raw milk cheese. But I'm not sure I still believe that, actually. Uh, that, but that's what my doctor thinks. Uh, do you still believe that? You mean it was uh, th there was alien influence in that too, like alien cheese? Well, other people, other people ate the cheese. So why did they not get sick? And I, mm. I, I don't know. Yeah, mm. I heard. I think it was uh, Patrick Norton who was mentioning yeah. it on Techzilla. Yeah. Patrick Norton made the made the chili that I ate that had the cheese on it. Ooh, Ooh, I thought I thought you were going to say he made the cheese, and no, I'm pretty sure he didn't make the cheese. <laughs> okay, uh, the last uh, guest that we have on the show today is not someone who makes cheese, but he is very special nonetheless, and that's the one person in the world that has an accent sexier than mine, uh, Julio from Argentina. How are you doing, oh, Julio? Come on, you're making me blush now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, saying from from Argentina, but that's not completely true because you actually live in the Netherlands and you are now in Austria at the moment, taking a break from uh, snowboarding to talk to us. What's that about? Oh, uh, exactly. That that's yeah. Actually, I, I have been trying a lot uh, recently. Uh, yesterday, I woke up in London, had <laughs> lunch in the <laughs> Netherlands. I arrived to Zurich, and then I went to Austria. So, so you're a the, sort of international man of mystery. Well, he's, a, he's 
the walking Phileas Club. You don't need the rest of us. <laughs> well, let's just say that yesterday it was not a normal day, but uh, yeah, it was quite exciting. And yeah, now, right now I'm in the in the Austrian Alps and uh, in some incredibly expensive internet place. <laughs> it, it is so expensive that they have like twenty computers, and I'm the only one actually online. Everybody else is outside drinking. They, after skiing, they, they like to drink a lot here. So, yeah, everybody's having fun. And I'm you told me you're, well. you're, you're the designated driver for all your uh, friends. So you're, you're not uh, intoxicated at the moment. You're going to make sense during the show. Well, I did have a couple of beers earlier, but I'm, <laughs> I'm fine now. Let's say that if I'm going to drive in three hours, I will be more than clean. Okay, good. Um, uh, and what you were saying about the accent, actually, I think, Patrick, that if you go to Argentina, you would get lucky quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> well, well and, and, and you, not, not in the American way of getting lucky, but what I mean, uh, the girls would be, the girls yeah, would be I, very interested, interested to meet you with your accent. I was, uh, yeah, I wasn't exactly sure what you meant there, but I chose to, you know, I chose to hear it as the American way of uh, hearing you, you, you would get lucky. So thank you. Mr. Let's just say that I have a friend who is quite, uh, half French, half Argentinian. He has the perfect accent in both places, in both languages. And when he goes to Argentina and we go to a discotheque, he pretends the he fakes the French accent in Spanish so that he gets more girls. So just imagine. Wow. Hey, that's yeah. that's good to know. The French accent. I, I can I can try to fake it, but I won't because people will hate me. It's it sounds horrible when you do it in English on purpose. Um, hey, before we get into the show, I just wanted to uh, you to tell us uh, what you do for a living because I think that's that's uh, also very interesting, and you might have some insight about some things that we're going to talk about. Right. Well, um, I I'm an engineer and I work in the European Space Agency. Most people won't know what I'm talking about, but uh, the way I present it is, do you know NASA? Yeah, well, it's the European NASA. It seems that cool. Europeans know more about NASA than about ESA, which is the European Space Agency. So that's, that, that was my way of uh, making the show a little bit cooler because we have someone who works in space. Or you need to have them make more movies about ESA, and then, and then people will know it. NASA yeah, has all those cool movies made about them. I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. I think they should spend more marketing on movies. Like, if, if you watch Armageddon, uh, they have the NASA logo absolutely everywhere, and that's how people get to know about NASA. They, like, they, they have all these movies where they pretend to do really cool stuff, and, well, they actually do really cool stuff, I have to, I have to say <laughs> that. But, but what I mean in what happens in Armageddon is not real, but, um, yeah, they, are, they appear everywhere. Every, you yeah. see the NASA logo everywhere. Uh, let's say that ESA has a lower profile. And also, be, before we get into the show, which we're going to do right now, uh, I, you told me that you had to uh, specify that your views do not represent the views of the ESA, I, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Let's say uh, I a work legal for them. Requirement. But, yeah, legally, uh, for this podcast, I just represent my own opinions. And anything I say, uh, yeah, it's not the opinion of the agency, but my own. <laughs> You know, I'm probably supposed to do that too, actually. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> I do not represent the views of CBS Corporation. Awesome. Uh, oh, Turkey, too late. Who do you too not late. represent? <laughs> <laughs> Turkey, is, yeah. is there anyone you, you, you do not represent? The government I don't, of. I don't represent the voice of the idiots around me. <laughs> Good to know. Okay, let's get into the show with the international news. 
So international news. We have a, a few topics uh, which I wanted to talk about. Maybe, you know what, I, I didn't tell you guys about this. Maybe we can talk very briefly about the Australian fires uh, that happened at the beginning of the month. And the fact that, um, first of all, they were horrible uh, uh, fires uh, that made, you know, caused a lot of death and, and uh, mayhem and destruction. Uh, probably the worst one they had uh, in a, in a long time. But what really surprised me was the fact that those incredible fires were started by ar arsonists, and we only heard about this here about like a week into it. Um, was that a big focus of the of the reporting in you guys' cases? And did you think uh, you know did did the the, the news put a um, spin on it like? talking about it through the criminal uh, side of it, or was it more focused on the destruction and mayhem? Um, let's start with Tom. Well, definitely it was the focus was on destruction and mayhem, the, the little reporting that was done. And I think at the height of, of the fires, which uh, last night I knew were still burning. Uh, I got we got an email to buzz out loud mid last week from somebody in Australia saying they they still haven't put all of them out. Um, but yeah, I mean the the little that I saw, and I don't really watch the television news a lot here, but I'm kind of aware of it around me. Um, they they were talking about the damage, the number of deaths, all of that sort of thing, but they weren't really talking about the causes that that I heard much. Mm. I, I heard about uh, most about it on, on Twitter. Actually, I first heard about it, and then you know the 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 arsonist thing. I think I heard on Twitter more than on the news. Um, Turkey, you guys have a very hot and uh, you know usually uh, dry country. Uh, does that ring a bell to you guys, or do you not care? No, uh, basically the coverage was just normal, like any other news coverage. And for us, we never have. Uh, brush fires because we don't have any brush anything to burn so <laughs> it's a plain desert i think that what what really bothered me most about the whole uh, fire thing is the news about those leeches who came out and started buying all of that land from the people who needed the money at that moment very cheap just so they can sell it later it's just disgusting oh i didn't even hear about this can you tell us more? Oh, I Well, it's basically some people are taking advantage of uh, the fire and people losing their homes and needing and being poor and so on. So they're going into the fire before even the fire is, is uh, uh, put out and they're starting to, to try and buy the land from the people wow. at very cheap prices. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, uh, to, to not spend too much time on this, uh, Julio, uh, how was it reported on? I guess the same well, everywhere, but... Uh, yeah, no, I actually, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's the first time I hear about these fires in Australia. I, really? I, well, I, I, you know my situation, so I, I actually read my news pretty much from the web, and I have specific, specific filters searching for like news from my country or Europe, and this didn't come into my view, so I cannot <laughs> make an opinion about it. Sure, so, but you mean you, you, they didn't really uh, talk about it too much in, uh, in the Netherlands? Well, that's um, the thing is that in the Netherlands, I don't actually watch much TV because <laughs> so you're going to be so you're going to be reporting more from uh, the distant land of Argentina. Yeah, let's let's say that I'm okay. more aware of what happens there because I read the newspaper from there, and okay. even though I live in another country, I try to focus there. Yeah. So what we can take out of this is that uh, uh, people from Argentina do not care about Australians at all. 
Oh no, we do. Come on, it's, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm kidding. We actually don't even answer that. <laughs> no, we have, we actually had problems of forest fires in the past because of uh, droughts. Um, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Isn't but, it like the jungle everywhere with rain every every like uh, two hours over there? In Argentina? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> Argentina goes from the most southern city in the world, which is Ushuaia, and t uh, up to the Amazonian forests and up to the Bolivian desert. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Have, it's it's Amazonia all over. It's not all over. It's just in the northeast. In the north, uh, Brazil yeah, is the one that's Amazonia all over. Well, I, I always think kidding. of cowboys when I think of Argentina. I think of you know, kind of very similar to the the western part of the United States. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. You have many different areas. It's like uh, Argentina is like the size of uh, France, um, about what ten times bigger than France. Fine, <laughs> then I will admit that. And we have uh, and we have about the same the same number of people or even less. So it's really an empty place in some places. Okay. The biggest, city, the biggest city is Buenos Aires, that I, I, I assume you know it. And I mean, I assume you, you heard about Buenos Aires. We have 11 <laughs> million people there. And 11 yeah. million is one, one third of the population. So imagine the rest of the country, mm. you have the, it's, it's really unpopulated. Okay. I, I do, would just like to let people know that uh, I do know Argentina is not uh, um, whole jungles. I was being, you know, Giving yeah 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 try sure. try to okay up. let's move on uh, to something else which oh, I, I did want to I did want to add oh, right sure. before we hop off this topic though that uh, there was a lot more talk about the Australian fires around the office in California because we have had such horrible fires here in California um, last summer uh, was was wretched uh, there were there were fighting fires all across the state from the north to the south uh, it seemed like for months and months and months and sure. and I just did a quick check and two hundred ten people dead in Victoria, and they're still fighting major blazes uh, at this point. The fire started back on February 7th. Yeah, so it's been going on for almost a month now, and um, the last numbers I had were like 130 deaths, so we're, we're kidding around, but it's really a, a, a horrible... And to, to what you're saying, uh, Tom, we did hear a lot more about the uh, fires in California last year than we are hearing about Australian fires mm. today. Because I, I, we stopped hearing about it about two weeks ago. We sort of got tired about it probably or something. And, and uh, no, it's, I didn't It's all about the power of the media. America has sure. a more powerful media. That's all. Certainly yeah, well. I totally agree with you, yeah. Turkey. Because I, I heard about the I heard about the fires in the states, and uh, clearly I didn't hear the ones yeah. in Australia. It has to do with the states making it more to the news. You know? Yeah. Well, it is. It is also more remote. I mean, Australia is not only physically, but also in the in in our minds, where we feel closer. At least in Europe, I think closer to to America, which has such a big cultural influence on us, uh, than we do feel close to to Australia. So that might also explain it a little bit. And yet, California is probably closer to Australia than to France. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Um, okay, uh, something else that I'm sure Turkey will have a lot to say about, um, and maybe I can t let him tell us about it, uh, the Israeli elections that happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, do, do you want to take the topic, Turkey, or do you want me to explain it and then you'll uh, go from there? Uh, well, uh, we had the Israeli elections and it ended up uh, with almost a complete tie 
with the, the parties almost having equal sizes in their parliament. And now they're fighting about establishing the new government. And basically, we have the two major parties, Kadima and Likud. Kadima has one seat more than Likud. And then we have the other two parties, which is uh, our uh, Israeli, our house, I think that's what they're called, and the Labour Party. Well, what you're should be said also is that both of those parties, because when you say two parties, we're thinking left and right, uh, I think. And in this case, it's not exactly uh, the case, right? It's not really left and right parties. Yeah, it's not, it's not really left and right. Uh, the, the, the basic parties officially in the older days, like in five or ten years ago, was the Likud and the Labour Party. And then the Labour Party split into the Labour Party and the Kadima Party. And then we have other smaller parties, which is, are more basically Arab parties for the Arab minorities in, in Israel, as well as religious parties and green parties in Israel. So, but the basic two powers are officially the right now Kadima and Likud. Uh, Likud is a right-wing party. Uh, Kadima is a left-wing party. And then we have the two second major parties. Uh, they come after these two, which is Israel, our, our home, and uh, the Labour Party. And Israel, our home, is an extreme right party. And the Labour Party is, of course, a leftist party. So uh, the Likud, what's happening now is that they need to get uh, alliances to form, to be able to form a government. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Likud is Likud is um, is forming alliances with the far right party, uh, Israel, our house, uh, and is probably going to get the majority, uh, which. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, actually, no. They 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 do have a majority, but they won't have enough uh, majority unless they can get more parties to join them to establish a stable government. So the, they, yeah, I think mean, he has until April second and to find um, the majority in the 120 seat Neset, and he's, they're still trying to lure Kadima, especially Zipi Livni, into some sort of coalition so that they have a solid working majority. So you're saying that Likud is trying to uh, get Kadima to work with them? Oh, that's the only that's way they can yeah. have a stable majority. Well, they they would have a majority if they uh, were to ally themselves with uh, with the far right. Yeah, but that majority would not be strong enough to be stable government. It could sure. fall any very easily in the future. I see. Okay, so um, obviously I think uh, Turkey being from uh, Saudi Arabia, you must have an interesting take on this, uh, especially since maybe something we left out was the fact that uh, Havada, is it uh, called, the, the left-wing party that was uh, left? really is not a player in the political scene anymore. So basically the left wing, except for Kadema, uh, doesn't have a voice in the political life, uh, a strong voice in the political life anymore. Um, and well, actually, you still have the Labour Party. It's, it's weaker than before, way weaker. Yeah. Kadima has taken its place, but it's still there. It's the Right now, it's considered the fourth party in power. Yeah, in the which parliament. is, you know, going considering it was, you know, a lot stronger it was the before second this election. First. Yeah. yeah, it was what, the, one of the top two. So, relating this to the events uh, with Hamas a few weeks, uh, well, yeah, a couple of months ago, what's your take on this? Um, well, it's it's a complicated situation, and there's really no 
clear opinion on it. Uh, the Likud party and Israel are home. It's not a very, it's not a party that we would like to see. They are a party of right. They are party that believe in the great, uh, greater Israel nation, which spans between uh, from Egypt to Iraq and so on. And it's a party of extremists and uh, supporters of uh, all of these uh, housing projects in the West Bank and Gaza and so on. So we're not really very optimistic about this. And the only way anything is going to work is if the U.S. government uh, puts enough pressure on them to make things work. And things are not even bet- not any better on, this, on the Palestinian side as well. What do you mean? Well, uh, Hamas and Fatah, the two major parties in uh, Palestine, are fighting each other uh, in the media, and it's, it's a huge disaster there. We just heard that they finally reached an agreement to work together, and just a day later, the president of Palestine, of Fatah, uh, declares that the only way they would work with Hamas is with Hamas, uh, uh, declares that it uh, believes and approves of the view of two nations, of an Israeli and Palestinian nation, and Hamas immediately said, we would never agree to that. So Mm. we're back to point zero. So uh, I guess my question would be, seeing this election uh, where the right wing in uh, in, uh, Israel has gained strength, was it reported in Saudi Arabia and maybe in, in Arab countries in general as that's a catastrophe and we're back to a very dire situation and also no 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 and, no it's, it's, nobody sorry, said it was to yeah. the second part of my question is um whose fault is that you know i was talking about the events from two months ago and was, was were those talked about as a cause or was it really put on the uh, israeli people well uh, nobody ever said that it's worse or anything because Arabs in general are very disappointed in the Israeli government, and they really don't expect much from either party, whether it was Kadima or Likud, and it's just uh, one government went, a new government came, and uh, and everybody in our world would say, you ask them directly, and they went and answer, they would say, well, it all comes down to how America reacts. It doesn't matter who's running Israel because it all comes down to the pressure from the U.S. because they are the ones who have the power to put pressure and make things work. So whether it's a Likud or a Kadima party. I see. I guess the the reason why I uh, I was asking you the, these questions in this way is that the way we got we heard about it was really. Uh, the the left was destroyed and that's a catastrophe because now the right wing is in is really yeah, in but, and has but, a hold but keep on in the, mind on the we're government. talking about the same left that uh, attacked uh, gaza and that did that huge massacre in gaza so it sure. really doesn't matter and the only reason the left did that because they were hoping that would help them win the elections and they actually won in a way because they got more numbers than was expected well, well, Kadima, yeah. from what I'm reading here, Kadima, this is just out of The Economist, the, Kadima has 28 seats, Likud has 27. So they yes, actually have exactly. one more seat. They just don't have the ability to create the coalition. Likud's taking the first stab at this because uh, Israel, our home, has 15 seats and Labor only has 13. 
Exactly. Yes, which exactly. Is, yeah. Nominally, they have more seats. Kadima has so, won the election, but neither of them are, are able to form a government. And in that, so it's not like the left is destroyed. It's just that they're they're in a you know sort of out of leverage. Well, thirteen thirteen the, the seats coverage is sort is, of exaggerating. Uh, well, maybe yeah, maybe it's it's uh, it's exaggerated in France, but I mean, thirteen seats you can't do anything by yourself. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Nobody can do anything by themselves. Yeah. That's I think that's the interesting thing. Yeah, it's a stalemate situation. Um, Julio, what about yeah. you? Uh, well, the news was covered quite a bit in Argentina, um, mainly I think because the, there is quite an important Jewish population there. So everything oh, really? that it, yeah, yeah, it's uh, actually I, while you guys were talking, I searched for the table because I wanted to know the position. We are seventh in, in the world with Jewish population wow. after Israel and the states. Yeah. So, so I Lots guess that, that means yeah. that uh, that you would be pretty much biased towards uh, favoring uh, Israel's point of view, maybe? Um, yes and no. Our population is quite mixed. Uh, we always have disagreements on that area. Um, actually, we have some uh, people from some uh, union, union people that are so pro, for instance, Iran, that... Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no way to describe this in a nice way, but let's just say that we have a lot of conflict there uh, on opinions about Israel. It's not uh, biased at all. Um, so you mean you have you have pro-Palestinian slash Iran uh, factions and pro-Israeli factions? Yeah, there is, there is quite an important population on both sides. So anything that happens in Middle East uh, has an impact because there are so many uh, people that came from there originally. Um, oh, so you mean you, also, you, you have a Jewish population that's important and you also have a, a, an Arab population that's important? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Do, they do have a large uh, Arab population, especially from Lebanon and Syria. The especially, entire South yeah. America is... Uh, most of the millionaires and uh, politicians in South America in general, you'll find many Lebanese origins in them. For, for instance, our, our worst president in history which was, the name was Carlos Menem, uh, was originally, the family was from Syria. And it, it, the guy ruled us for, I don't know, about 10 years. And he was the worst case of corruption, and he drew the country into, yeah, a disaster. So, well, yeah. well, well, Julio, you should have <laughs> known he's going to be trouble the moment you found out that he changed his, his religion just to win it in elections. Yeah, actually, when I was listening to your episode about Muslims and and the, and the, what happens if you uh, renounce uh, and, and you say you're not Muslim anymore and you change to Catholic because you just want to be a president, yeah, you guys should have done something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you promoting violence? I no, 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 not, not uh, but... in that way, just for that person. Okay. Let's just say that every Argentinian, so, whenever they pronounce his name, they, they try to touch wood or something because it's bad luck wow. to pronounce his name. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, going back to the to the news, uh, yeah, it, it's a very uh, sensible subject. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, about 10 and 15 years ago, uh, we had uh, bombs put in the uh, Jewish uh, in the Israel embassy and also in an Israeli. Uh, I don't. I don't. The, the name was. Uh, well, oh, I don't remember the name. Yeah, Culture but center, yeah, yeah there, 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 there was. Uh, such a number of dead people, and up to today, uh, there is still not known who did it. That it's any, any news that comes uh, about Israel and, and the conflicts in Middle East is very important for for us. Yeah. It really makes it into the news big time. So, 
So was your your are you saying that there was no bias? Uh, I mean, in the way it was reported. Uh, of course, each one each one will be biased to the um, to their own descent. We have people from both sides. So 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 you had like you have like pro-Israeli uh, news stations and pro-Palestinian uh, news stations. Does it go that the, far? The, the, Let's just say, uh, no, we don't have pro stations from each side of the other, but let's just say, for instance, uh, I'm, I, I found an article about the elections on one of the newspapers and the journalist, his name is Shlomo. So I guess he will have some, he will be biased sure. when you read it to okay. the Israel side. Okay. And wh what's, okay. Yeah. I, I would also ask you, what's the view of the, the, the um, population in general? You're saying that you have both uh, uh, populations represented, but maybe that's a silly question, but the true pure-blood Ar Argentinians, whatever that is, because, you know, it's probably yeah. hard to define. Um, Let's just say the pure-blood Argentinians, uh, or, well, mainly they are, all, they, they are all descendants from European people, and they... Let's, through history, the Europeans are, the Argentinians are kind of uh, against whatever the United States proposes. So <laughs> if the states aligns with the Israel, probably Argentina would align with Middle East, with, with the Arab countries. Okay, wow. That's, to put that's it in that way. It, it's just history, it's how it works. We also have a very strong right wing that also would do whatever the, the United States uh, mm. wants us to, you know. Your, your, your country seems too complicated. I can't put it in one box. It, it's, it's annoying. Let, let's move on. To, every, uh, every country, every country is complicated. But, well, you uh, know, so, some, some less than, than others, I think. I mean, sure, you're going to have a, a lot of uh, different opinions in every country, but in some of them you have general tendencies, I think. Um, well, for instance, uh, I just said that uh, we had quite an important uh, Jewish population in Argentina, but also Argentina was the destination of a lot of uh, Nazi refugees that escaped from Germany after the World War. You know, up to today, they are still finding Nazis in Argentina and, yeah. and, and take them and taking them out. So you, you, yeah, the, the place is big, and you have things. Uh, yeah, you, you cannot put them in, in, in one, in one, one box, label, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Tom, talking about the U.S. and uh, Argentina doing whatever the U.S. doesn't want to do. Um, That's why they're so good at rugby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, Israeli elections, I was saying that uh, we, we heard the, the, the thing from the this point of view of the left is not nowhere, uh, not in place anymore. It's been destroyed. Did, how did you guys see it? Because you have a vested interest in the survival of Israel. So I'm guessing any news that comes from there, especially in this magnitude, uh, will be heavily reported on. Well, I, had, I have to beg, beg off as an expert in how the news is reported in, in the United States a little bit because um, I, I really, you know, I read The Economist, I read the BBC, uh, I, I, you know, I pollute my, my view of how things are reported uh, with the web. Uh, Good. And I think Tom, you need to learn to watch the real news, which is called Fox News. Fox That's News, I know, I know. I'm a horrible can. American. Um, but but my sense, you know, just from, from what I, I do listen to local radio in the morning and and the reporting that I was hearing in the morning radio was essentially Israel had an election. And what are they going to do about those Palestinians now? 
uh, it, there really wasn't much depth to it. There wasn't a lot of left or right or, you know, it was it was sort of you know, Netanyahu seems to have won. And Barack Obama has said that he will work with the Israelis to come to a you know, it was really shallow. Uh, it seems like if I could, you know, it's it, talk about complex countries. It's it's hard to overcharacterize America uh, as having one opinion. But the general sense seems to be we don't really care about the election. They just want to know when all of this mess is going to stop, uh, and we can make things peaceful over there. Hmm. Wow. Okay, that's sort of uh, surprising. I would have expected uh, the the news to go into the details of this. Um, well, like I, I say, I'm sure it did with. go into the details in other sectors, but I, I can only yeah. go by the, the little bit that I heard. Yeah, well, you're, you're someone who's, who's, who keeps himself informed. So if, you know, it's not like you don't listen to the news at all, on the contrary. So. Well, yeah, you know, it was going into depth on the BBC. It was going into the depth in The Economist <laughs> and The London Times. I just, yeah. I just don't read any American news sources, unfortunately. Okay, um, there was a terrorist attack in Cairo, which we heard a lot about because there was uh, a French uh, a, a class uh, that got hurt that was uh, doing a trip in, in Egypt at the time that got hurt. I I'm just wondering if you guys heard about it too or if it was just because, you know, we had French people uh, injured that we heard about it. Um, Tom, keep going. No, no, I did not. I did not hear that story reported. Actually, okay, uh, that's yeah. I, I half expected it, and I'm disappointed. Yeah. But sure, <laughs> uh, Turkey. Yeah, of course we heard of it. Okay, it was big news here. And Julio. Yeah, I hear about it. Not not in much detail, but it's one of these news that just uh, yeah. We have the European okay. uh, news channel, and I, I saw it there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and about that one French woman was was killed, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was Sad pretty news. bad. It it made the news for for three days. It was the headlines, uh, obviously in France. But I, I guess it would be expected that uh, that you know the the French France would talk about it more because French people were were uh, injured. But still, it's it always stings a little bit when when that kind of thing happens and some people haven't heard about it at all. But um, I guess. You guys in the U.S. had uh, a lot to deal with, w especially with the Oscars. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Which? Oh, sorry, Patrick, to interrupt you, but some some couple of years ago there was another uh, terrorist attack in Egypt. Egypt, I think. Do you remember that? I'm sorry. Uh, Do you remember that a couple of years ago there was uh, another major terrorist attack in uh, in Egypt? Yeah. Sure. In a tourist hotel mainly and tourist destination uh -huh. and that made it to i remember that one in particular made it to the news big time i don't know why this one didn't hit the news uh well more. maybe it wasn't as big uh as as the one before um i'm not sure but I, i'm not sure it was as huge of an attack you know it wasn't a big big thing but it was still pretty traumatic and there were a lot of, of, of deaths so i don't know uh, but anyway, it did make it to the news. You know, I was joking about the Oscars, uh, but it did make it to the news in, in all of our countries, except for the U.S., apparently. Uh, and, and I'm joking about the Oscars, but it's probably the reason why, because it was more or less at the same time. Um, and, and the Oscars are obviously a huge thing, which we heard about a lot in Paris, uh, obviously. Um, is it? It seems to us like it's the main event that everyone talks about and that anyone cares about in the U.S. for about two weeks. Is that a skewed 
way to view things or I, I think that's a, a little bit extreme it's not not the only thing people are talking about but it does have a, a sort of an, an air of um, say like the Super Bowl is over here where you know everybody's like oh are you gonna watch it this week and then everybody on Twitter is talking about it while it happens and there there are gambling pools that you can enter to bet on who's gonna win and all of that sort of thing Hmm. Uh, uh, the, the, the Oscars are less important in the U.S. than it was about three or four years ago. Why do you say that? I've been there. I've been in the U.S. and I've noticed that the interest in the Oscars is less and less. Maybe because was actually... all, all, all the horrible movies coming out in the last couple <laughs> oh, of years. Come on, there were great. It was movies more. It was. Uh, it was more. In, there was more interest this year than there has been. I, I think Turkey's right. The interest had been on the wane for a few years, especially last year when the writers' strike had happened. But this year, I think because of *Slumdog Millionaire*, um, a lot of folks were interested to find out how well that movie was going to do. A lot of people really liked that movie and wanted to see it do well and I think that kind of boosted some of the interest. May I add something to, uh, to that Tom? Um, I think also one thing that drove a lot of people interest uh, about the Oscars is uh, Heath Ledger domination and that he mm -hmm. actually won. Um, you know uh, uh, you, ha you have uh, to, to I think there were I, I read news about uh, okay if he wins who is going to get it uh, because the daughter is too it's too young. Um, yeah, it did, it did uh, add so a little bit of drama, I guess. Everybody already knew that he was going to win. That was no surprise at all. Well, I, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, but it was definitely some drama added to the to the ceremony. You know, it was something that people did relate to and cared about, um, maybe more than they did in the previous years. Yeah, they, but, they're, 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 they care more and worry more about an actor who died of, with an accidental drug overdose or whatever, more than the few, pe few hundred or thousand people who are dying every day in the U.S. because they, they live in a poor <laughs> homes, they're broke, they're living on the streets, and they don't have food. Yeah, great. Um, that's, <laughs> tough, I man. think, a, a good time to ask Turkey about what the Arab world thinks about the Oscars. Uh, because it would seem to me that that would be a, a blatant display of perversion and uh, shallowness and things that would be not very much liked by a Muslim country like Saudi Arabia. Have you Arabia. ever been to the Arab world? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I was being a little bit more too theoretical. Do you, you know, know how many how many? festivals of uh, awards for theater and movies in, in the Arab world and every and there's one in Dubai there's one in Abu Dhabi there's uh, I think two in in Egypt there's about uh, one in uh, Tunisia I believe there's one also in, in Syria there's in Lebanon uh, one or two one well, in Le Lebanon <laughs> is a special case but wait wait a second I'm, I'm, I'm not getting it I, it seems to me that Hollywood and and the Oscars represent everything that people hate about America and Arab countries being the prime haters of America uh, in the world should be, I, I know, uh, please don't send me email. I know I'm, I'm exaggerating okay. here, but they should be the ones who hate the Oscars the most. Have you learned anything from what I taught you, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so please explain to me how I'm wrong. Why do you guys love hate the Oscars? the U.S. government. They don't hate the U.S. Okay. That's the U.S. Good. hates Hollywood. I think you're confusing the two. <laughs> uh, come on, they they don't drink in Middle East. They have to 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 do something with that with their time. Movies. What? What? Wait, wait, wait. Could you just say they don't drink the Middle East? 
Yeah. You, I heard it from you. You guys cannot drink alcohol, right? We can't, but people drink. I'm not, you, have, you have to separate what the religion says and what people do. That's right. terrible. I'm very disappointed in what in in my in my uh, views of the <laughs> Arab world. Um, but Tom, you're you're saying that the U.S. Uh, yeah, I bet you, that... you will change your opinion when you visit and you have fun. <laughs> You'll thank them. <laughs> I'll come smoke cigars with you one day, uh, Tom. It, you were half joking about this. The U.S. hates the Oscars, but there is a. a, a faction in the US that's probably more right-wing than uh, than the rest that seems to have a, a gripe with you know the liberal hollywood uh, elite thing is it serious oh, or yeah, is that, it just something we, that, we hear about it is them? it is the most ridiculous and hypocritical position uh, that i i hear taken uh, you, you look at fox news for instance which is is on the right side of things um, in, in the united states coverage and they rail against hollywood and all their news coverage but the most hollywood focused programs the most hollywood loving segments come out of fox uh, it is this love hate relationship and and i see it all the time with with folks i know who are very right wing and they rail against the val the values of hollywood and these horrible movies Movies that are degrading the values of our children and hurting the children, and, and how and exactly are they, they go, are they, they go, degrading the values? Uh, because they promote sex and violence and and, 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 and depravity uh, and magic gay and, people. Don't forget that, Tom. Oh, I'm sorry. What am I living out? Magic, magic, well, magic. Thing. Yeah, you got to watch those Harry Potter movies because the uh, the ultra right will really get upset Books about are that. Are not allowed to be pot. Yeah. So, uh, and then, and then they go. People go to the movies in droves. It's it's like tur what Turkey's saying. There's a difference between what is said and what is done. I mean, I think it's a very limited vocal side that rails against Hollywood in reality, who really hate them and refuse to go to the movies. And then there's a a larger group that are like, yeah, take, taking down the values of our children, very depraved. Oh, those Hollywood elites. And then those people all still go to the movies. Because they enjoy going to movies. So, so did you hear from the, the extreme people uh, this time around? Do you actually hear from them on TV and stuff? Um, you know, it, it's different different years. There's always somebody who says something controversial at the Oscars, and it becomes big news. And one year, um, the documentarian Roger Moore got booed on stage because of saying things about George W. Bush. Uh, he got booed by the Hollywood crowd. Man, that's the really funny thing about this. You have to keep in mind, the Hollywood crowd is not the actors. The Hollywood crowd is the producers. And the executive producers and the people in charge of the studio, they're all Republicans. They are all right-wing. And mm. maybe not value-wise, maybe not socially, uh, but they're, they're, they're rich. They're, they, they make millions and billions of dollars, and, and they want the Republicans to protect that money for them. So, you know, this idea of liberal Hollywood is, is, is kind of a straw man, really. Uh, this year you had Sean Penn talking about gay rights and his uh, acceptance for the, the movie Milk. And um, you know, it didn't really cause that much of a stir that, that I've heard of. And it would have in another year. It's, it's just odd. Hmm. Uh, Turkey, just to finish off, um, so you actually had a, a big reporting on the Oscars and uh, people following it, and it was a, a big news item? Uh, no, not this year. Usually, oh. uh, but this year it was less of a news item. People had more important things to follow. Like? Well, in Saudi Arabia, for example, we had a change in uh, ministers in the cabinet oh, right. uh, and the uh, political system and all of that. 
Okay, maybe, maybe you want to talk about this in the local segments. Um, Julio, anything to add about the Oscars? Uh, yeah, it was not. Uh, it, it's not so big in in my country as well. I mean, we televise it, but it's not doesn't achieve high ratings or anything. I'm just a movie geek, so I really <laughs> follow. I didn't actually watch. Who? What's happening there? I think he got I, cut I off. Just time, yeah, time is. Oh yeah, it's twenty after. It was his time. Okay, so well, he, he will be back uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, I, I'll get him back. I, I just want to. Yep. I wanted to throw out that um, the uh, the Oscars seem to be more international this year, as with not just with Slumdog Millionaire, but uh, with some of the other uh, winners as well. You had more, um, even if it's just Europeans, but but uh, more people from different areas. Yeah, you had a a Japanese. Um, Oh gosh, what was he accepting for? Um, but he went up, you know, and, and sort of really didn't speak much English. Uh, and so in his his heavily accented thank yous, you know, he's like thank you to this, thank you to that. At the end, he said "Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he said that. Yeah, yeah, he, he said that, and I, I can't remember what he won for. I don't know if it was. It was one of the more, you know, one of the maybe, lesser maybe, awards. Maybe, maybe for a foreign movie. It wasn't foreign movie though. It was. It was something like you know, best makeup or or set design uh, or, or okay. one of those types. Yeah. So Julio, you were telling us how uh, Argentina hates the Oscars too. Oh no! It's not that it's hated. It's just it's just ignored. You know, it's not. Uh, some people will follow it, but yeah, we have more important issues to deal with. So okay. yeah, um, uh, I I heard that uh, the movie Slumdog Millionaire uh, got plenty of Oscars. Um, yeah. And but I also heard that uh, some reports from India that the town or yeah, this place where it was recorded, they were really uh, in anger because they, th they think the movie doesn't depict them in, a, in the right way, that they say that the place is not as bad as its portrait in the movie. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Yeah, I've heard about uh, people not being happy that they, they called the movie Slumdog Millionaire. Um, but overall, I think uh, um, India is pretty happy with the, the way the movie was uh, uh, Well, you know, if anything, it puts India, it presents India uh, to the world, which is, they are actually, proud about actually, it. Actually, I think they're more pissed off at the fact that the two child stars of the movie actually do live in slums and they went back there because they weren't paid enough. Oh, I've, are you certain about this? Oh, yeah, I'm certain 100% of this one. Really? That the, yeah, the that, kids, I've I've seen like the, the reports cool. about the kids. They didn't. They were at the Oscars and stuff. They they didn't seem like they were still dressed in rags. Not not the older ones. No, not ones. the Oscars. They no, brought no, no, them. I'm, uh, I'm talking about the kids. The, the, the yeah, they flew ones. them. Especially, of course, they're oh, going to yeah, dress them nice and everything. But when they went back okay. home, they went back to the slums. <laughs> they were paid Indian wages, legal Indian wages. Okay, Turkey, but if I take your usual sarcasm in particular, okay, you have two kids that were in the movie and they were paid Indian wages and now they are back in, in this little town, but what do, they, what do you want? That they pay them uh, usual uh, movie actor fee and then they can move to the hey, States the or whatever? The movie, 
Yeah, the movie got millions. They should get at least something. Of course, but let, let me say something. Would you prefer that these kids get paid millions or then maybe they use these millions, for instance, to build something useful for the community in that town? I'm not saying that they did, but I think yeah, that... Yeah, I, I don't think idea. they... I don't think they are using. If they're not giving the any money to the kids, they wouldn't be building something. To, they would at the least town. buy the kids in your home. <laughs> well, well um, I, I think. Well, I thought, but I thought the slums weren't that bad. Is it, wasn't that the other complaint? Just a, you know, which is it? Are the slums not that bad, or is it bad that they went back to the? Slums? I, I mean, you know, people are going to complain about everything, anything, and I, yeah. I think it is a bad thing if if you go and work on an Oscar-winning film. Uh, and you can't improve your situation. And you you should be able to improve your situation when something is this successful. But you know, at the same time, uh, I don't think that this this film did anything bad f for the slums. In fact, if anything, it raised awareness. The slums depicted were back in the 70s. He's talking about, or maybe the 80s, but he's talking about his past, and they were worse back then. And so I think there's a little confusion where they're like, oh, they depict our slums this way, and they're not that that way anymore. But they don't depict them that way now they picked them that, that way in the past hmm. yeah Very people complain if you remember for the movie Borat the Kazakhs the, the Kazakh people complain as well so, uh, uh, yeah. that was a horrible movie oh, such a thought... dumb movie yeah you liked it I thought it was you know it had some funny hey, moments. hey I had a problem with that guy if he declared himself from an unknown nation just made up a country I would have no problems with actually claiming he's from a known country and claiming this is all from that country now that's just he wasn't claiming he was he was obviously being humorous about it he couldn't pretended. couldn't he make up a country well, like all other was, movies, it was it was a joke. It was he was to also talking. Maybe about he thought stuff. he was making up a country and he accidentally named one. He just didn't. He wasn't <laughs> yeah, very good at yeah, geography. Yeah, that's 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 why he went and he took pictures in front of their embassy in D.C. After okay. he discovered they were real. <laughs> hey, uh, another thing that I would like so to know you guys, if you guys uh, think is real, it's our own French Oscars because we had them uh, in uh, in Paris. They're called the, the Caesars, uh, actually. It's the I'm French Oscar? movie. The, the French oh, very movie. Charlemagne. <laughs> the only thing I know about French is Cannes. Beyond that, I have no idea. Okay. I mean, yeah, so that's, I that's Cannes, what I wanted. It's the first time I hear, I hear you have something called Caesars. And I mean, really? boom, the Italians call it Caesars. Why don't you call it Napoleon's? No, it's a special... <laughs> No, it's a different Caesar. But um, uh, okay, so you you have never heard of this? No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. That, so France is definitely <laughs> feeling like a tiny country today. I I, I feel diminished. Uh, so let's move on to professional Patrick. Story. I you guys still have some of you, you guys still have some of the best actors anyway, so don't worry about it. I wouldn't be certain about it. I mean, I don't really like French cinema, but that's a whole other story we can get into another day. Um, let, let's go to the local stories, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna start with something else that you guys have probably never heard about, and uh, that's the uh, huge strikes. Yes, I know. Uh, strikes that we're having in the overseas department of uh, Guadeloupe. Um, it's been going on for a little bit over a month now, and it's a huge thing. I, I know last month I talked about a huge strike that was happening in France here, and maybe this time it's a little bit even more serious because it did get to the point where uh, civil unrest uh, happened. 
And the problem is that the uh, department, the overseas department of Guadeloupe are living in um, very peculiar conditions. They have a high rate of unemployment and they also have the problem, which is it's it's in the Caribbean Sea, so it's very far far away from the mainland. Oh, so it's of that France. exotic island thing. Yeah. Well, All the right. problem is they have uh, the same laws of like work laws as France, but it costs a lot more to make the infrastructure. So things like uh, transportation and uh, internet and telephone and things like that are a lot more expensive, ironically, than they are in France. So they've been struggling with, you know, their purchasing power is very low. And especially in these, what's the official formula, these trouble uh, economic any, any, times. Yeah, any of that will make you drink. Yeah, exactly. It's a drinking game. Um, they, they, they have been suffering even more than we have been in the, in the mainland. So th that and, and I guess the, the, the thing to, that came out of it is that we heard about this situation. Um, I don't think we really knew that the the situation those uh, overseas department were that problematic. Now Guadeloupe is having this problem now, and we have the government people there to try and make so do something about it. There was a a big uh, issue about this a few weeks ago, and Martinique, which is another uh, um, territory uh, over there, is having the same problem. So it, it was almost like a wake up call that we've been he hearing about non-stop for the past um, three weeks, I would say. And honestly, it was to a lot of people, it was news that the situation was that bad. Um, and, and now I'll we'll ask you guys to crush my dreams about France being actually a country that matters in the world by asking you if you have heard about this. Uh, Tom. I, I have not heard about Oh that. my God, someone please tell me they have. I have. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I didn't hear about strikes. All I heard is that your very popular, famous president sent the police or army or whatever to put them down. And that's Isaac. Really? <laughs> Tom, I, I sort of cut you off here. Is that what you were going to say, too? Were, were there gendarmes involved? <laughs> no, that, that actually wasn't... No, it wasn't uh, that big a deal i mean it's been a, a, a big problem but i don't think there was some uh, excessive force used in any uh you know that wasn't actually a problem which it could have become but it hasn't so i'm curious to know what what the story is there which, which uh, islands i, I didn't i didn't uh, say they well, used excessive force i just said oh. they he sent in the army or whatever to control things and put some martial law or something that's that's that, that's at least what i heard well they've been martinique yeah, Guadeloupe and Martinique. Uh, well, I've Guadeloupe is the main now. <clears throat> well, okay. I, I did all I heard about it. I I read in a tiny, small article in the Economist, which is supposed to have news about whole Europe, mm. and uh, it was uh, well when when I when I saw it, I was like, okay, the French are striking again. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? okay, well, yeah, it's no, like... I may have seen the same thing and just glossed right by it for that reason. Oh, that's exactly. Wow. <laughs> Okay. We should change the name of the show and name it the French Striking Show. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I'm I'm honestly not trying to come up with the strike of the month uh, in this show. But well, here it, it is. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the article right now. Yeah. Allons enfants. Allons enfants. Is the headline. Yeah, it's the beginning of the national anthem, um, which is weird. I guess they just the, the the guy who wrote the article just knew that and figured it would be clever to write it. 
I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I, I, I can see how, you know, just one more strike. But this time it's a little bit different. Which is what well, I yeah, said. Yeah, and is, is it a, is it carrying on a, a like an a, a outdated tradition of imperial law? I mean, should the should the law n not be the same for overseas properties, or should they just not have colonial properties anymore? Well, it's it's different. Well, you know, it's that's the whole issue. It's that it's not colonial properties anymore. It's a part of the country. And it Can should be treated differently. And but if it shouldn't be treated differently, then should it get special, you know, treatment? Because indeed, the cost of building the infrastructure there is higher than it is in France. Uh, I mean, in the mainland. So it's this whole conundrum. Just give them their independence and be over with it. There a lot yeah, of people are saying say. that, but. A lot of people are saying, mainly in France, that just give them the independence and uh, be done with it. But I don't think anyone seriously wants the independence because if you, you know, just cut off uh, Guadeloupe and Martinique and tell them, okay, you're on your own now, just deal. That, that that's not going to be a nice situation for them. So um. well, give give them autonomy then, you know, and 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 some sort of commonwealth situation where you know the French. Government will still protect them uh, if necessary, but treating an island in the Caribbean the same way as in the mainland in Europe is is it, it seems idiotic to me. I mean, are you going to put environmental controls that say everyone should have their uh, you know their their temperature in their house be seventy five and then have a Caribbean <laughs> country try? Forget it. It's well, you have to remember that there is a, a good amount of guilt. Too in this, which is, you know, they were colonies before, and we did exploit, I say we, the French people in general did exploit the colonies for a, a okay, long let time. Me explain, let me and explain something to you. <coughs> you did not exploit them, your ancestors did. So for stop saying you exploit well, them. Well, this is why I'm saying the French people. It's not, <laughs> did your still, ancestors exploit them, or just the government? Uh, well, my ancestors were probably somewhere in between Greece and Portugal, and uh, but so probably not my ancestors. Yeah, see, not but, even your ancestors. You're clean. No, but well, I'm I, I'm saying the the reason why we're not saying let's just build a commonwealth and everything it's uh, is that we feel a duty to include them in the country. And again, I'm and talking about yeah, obviously it's working. But they really love it. <laughs> but Patrick, is, how uh, how is it that these islands never became independent? I mean, how is that they never claim for independence themselves? I, I, I mean, I most countries in Latin America did. Again, they are small islands in the Caribbean. I don't think they want to be independent. I, I, I wouldn't it, want to be, you know, left. It could be similar that. to Puerto Rico, where they do not want to be independent necessarily. Although there is a faction that does, but oh, the sure. majority there, of the populace doesn't like want everything. to be part of the United States either, because they like the autonomy and the independence. Yeah. So again, it's a complicated situation, and uh, yeah, it's it's there's a whole lot of conflicting uh, factors in that. Um, let's go to who wants to go next. That's always a bad question to ask. I I can go next. Okay, go ahead, Julio. Let's do it the, as soon as possible. Then, uh, well, I have a couple of local news, but I'm going to go for the one that is not so local to me, but it's still Latin America. Um, <laughs> there was an election um, in uh, Venezuela, not probably a presidential election, but it was more uh, the population had to decide um, whether they wanted to change the constitution or not to allow their president, Hugo Chavez, to be uh, re-elected for an indefinite time. That so, uh, so far, he could only be re-elected once. 
have two mandates and then he has to stop no matter what. Uh, with this change, he can be elected pretty much forever. And he won the election. So um, now I think uh, in 2012, he already started the campaign. He will go for elections again. And if things continue as they are in his country, he will probably be elected again by the population. Um, so I, I was wondering how, I mean, in, in, our, in my country, in particular in Argentina, this was very covered because we have close commercial ties with Venezuela. But I was wondering how this looked for you guys. Um, uh, just before we get into this, how, how, what do you mean covered? You mean it was just, oh, and that happened and then now the weather no, no, no. I mean, it was heavily covered. It was oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, constant news updates all the time. Uh, okay. I mean, it, it's big news for us, uh, so do you whatever happens in Venezuela. Do you yeah. approve or do you look at this with a, you know, sort of uh, worried... Uh, uh, well, for uh, me, it's, it's, a, it's a very hard decision. I mean, it's, a very, it's very difficult to make an opinion on it because... On one side, I know plenty of Venezuelans that had to flee from their country and they live in Europe mainly because um, the, well, the government, the, 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 for instance, the, the journalists are very controlled, the news are very controlled, you don't have freedom of speech pro properly. Um, and also all these families, let's say they escaped from the country uh, due to the new um, well, due to the new politics of yeah. Chavez. Mm. But on the other side, uh, they went to elections and the majority of the population voted and they want Chavez. I mean, the people that I see in Europe usually are people that were in Europe in, in, in Venezuela before. They had plenty of money, they were high class, and so they flee because they don't want to see their money gone when a president with a more socialist point of view comes to the country. And that has happened everywhere. But if he is doing something good for the population, I don't know. I don't know what to say. He is getting elected by the population, you know, and uh, by the majority of the population. And uh, I had, I also met friends uh, here in Europe that came to study, uh, paid by the government, and they were all pro-Chavez. So because of this. Two sides. I can see both sides of the of the of the coin, and I cannot say I agree or disagree with any of them. Um, on this side of the Atlantic, uh, I think the the way we viewed it was polite coverage with a hint of being worried. Meaning, uh, first of all, he was he announced uh, Chavez. I mean, that if he lost the referendum, he would uh, put it put the question to the people again until he would get it more or less so it, it sure the the people wanted it but uh, um you know it's it i don't really think they had a choice anyway. i'm sure there was manipulation of the information as no. i said there is no freedom of, of speech yeah. and as, as usual if you have a country uh, it also happens in argentina where the majority of the population is not well educated then you can sell whatever you want to them on the news and you can buy them a, a, a beer or a coke and a hot dog and they will vote for you yeah this well, happened I mean, in argentina the, and this is how we got presidents before uh, the majority <laughs> no, but votes I mean, it's yeah. It's, I'm sure that it was done. It, it, there wasn't any public outcry or international outcry about how rigged the elections were. The referendum because it was, was so internationally monitored. Yeah, of course. But I mean, it's not like at least that's not the angle that we had. It's not like, oh, look, Chavez is rigging the, the referendum again or he might be or whatever. It was the, the, the accent was put on the fact that 
even if he loses it, then he's going to ask again. So, you know, it doesn't really hold the same value as if it was a one-time thing and that's it. And also the other thing is Chavez was, I think, seen as an amusing character until maybe a couple of years ago. And a couple of years ago, he started thinking about this this I'm going to change the constitution to be elected for to be president forever and then he stopped being funny at that time it's he started getting we thought started thinking about him as in uh, whoa wait a second what is he doing here what is he what? doing now you know it's it, it it I don't think he's as so as socialist uh, as we are in in France, we have to respect him as a you know uh, international uh, pol important political figure. But the way he presents himself and his views are of some concerns to us uh, anyway. Well, he's quite a character. He's quite controversial, and he doesn't he cannot shut up. I mean, yeah. uh, he's talking whatever comes to his mind all the time. That's what it seems. Probably he's yeah. a very clever guy, but that's what it looks like. Um, and do you remember some news some time ago? That, I don't know if you heard about these guys, but uh, there was uh, this meeting between Latin American presidents and the king of Spain was also there. Chavez would not shut up and, and the, uh, <laughs> the Spanish king uh, said, ¿Por qué no te callas? In a very strong way, which means, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> and that coming, that coming from a king... Uh, I mean, he's not the king of Venezuela anymore, likely, but that coming from a king, right? Uh, yeah. This is not in the protocol, and it was sure. it, it made it big to the news because, like, a king is telling you just shut up, you know, and uh, <laughs> the guy could not, the guy could not uh, stop talking. Yeah. So it's interesting the way this is covered in the United States, and 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 I, and I think you know I I was joking about uh, us not covering anything, and 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 you brought up the Oscars as a as a distraction. Really, what gets covered here is Barack Obama, whatever he did that day, the economic stimulus package, and how bad things are, and that pretty much dominates the news. But this did get covered uh, because I think the perspective in the U.S. is. Somebody like Da Silva in Brazil, that's a good socialist. Uh, you know, the right wing is going to hate it, but, you know, that, that's, that's someone to respect. Hugo Chavez is seen as a dangerous socialist. He is and, – and, of course, he always says rotten things about the United States, so people here aren't going to like him. But, of course, because uh, all the American corporations are losing business in Venezuela. And that's why you know, and that's why he's in a in a, in a battle with them, and you know, um, but but it, it it was really, in my opinion, kind of strangely overcovered relative to how they normally cover other events, and it was pitched as Chavez grabbing for power. Uh, this is a move towards dictatorship. It was, it, it really was that sort of like doom and gloom. Is he going to be able to seize power? Can and I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to no, ask I mean, Julio, actually. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Ask me and <laughs> I haven't... Yeah, tell me. I, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, I, I, I like that you brought up the idea of, you know, this is just the electorate being given the decision, and if they continue to like him, they continue to like him. But is there a, is that the sense, is that this is really all it is, is changing the Constitution so that he can continue to be elected? Or or is there a fear that he would start to rig elections in the future? And just, Because that's definitely the way it was covered here. Yeah, well, I think, first of all, we have to take into account that Venezuela has a lot of oil. And we all know that the states really love oil. Mm -hmm. So... 
And so what I, the way I see the news that you are telling me about, uh, probably they are trying to start picturing him as a very bad guy so that in the future something can be done about him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. If the population is, hates Chavez already, like, I mean, this kind of uh, uh, news uh, cover in a partial way were done before and uh, it will happen again. You have first to get the popular opinion in your country so then you can make a move against another country. I well, am, let's, uh, uh, certainly there is some, uh, some measure of that in the, the way things are being reported in the U.S., but do anyone here believe that if one day people don't elect Chavez, he's going to just go away quietly? Well, I certainly hope so. So it's always a possibility. You don't know what he's going to do in the future. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, the the Constitution says You should be nice to Chavez because he's an Arab hero. So be nice to him. Okay, (laughs) so go ahead. Tell us why and how. Because he always fights with Israel and pulls his uh, embassies and diplomats and, and makes himself look like a hero in the Arab world. So all the Arabs love him. So he's, I, well, I would think he's more of an he's enemy the of American, the US, of course. But, yeah. All I can say is now the Constitution says that he can be re-elected in 2012. Mm. Let's wait and see what the population does about it. Um, the, so I think for these elections of the Constitution, the votes were 55% against 45%. So that's quite close. And yeah. you don't know what's, what can happen in, in four years. Maybe all these uh, Venezuelans that went away from the country, uh, they should make... Uh, yeah, they should they should uh, go and try to stand against him if they think they can do something better for the country. Well, yeah, as you said, the freedom of speech is not exactly respected there. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'm not I'm not a, a you know I fall victim to this uh, to this manipulation that tries to picture him as a bad guy. I, I just I'm just very uh, wary of Hugo Chavez. But uh, we'll see. Um, Turkey, do you want to add something else before we move on? About Chavez? Yeah. Nope. That's it? The the Arabs love him. So I'm guessing Arabs that they... Him. And they look forward for him to come and take control of the Arab world and be the unifying of the Arab world. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> well, actually, some people actually think that. Minority. He talks but a actually, lot, though, you know. But there are actually people... Well, that's, that's the problem. Arabs love people who talk a lot. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Um, although, well, you know what? No, let's not leave it at that. Uh, tell us more about the way they 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 view Chavez and the way they viewed this referendum. I'm I'm honestly curious because I didn't know they loved him so much. Well, Chavez has been uh, very good for with the Arab. Uh, he was uh, he supported Saddam Hussein, so Arabs love him for that. Uh, when uh, Israel started bombing Gaza, he withdrew his ambassador from Israel and kicked out the Israeli ambassador from Venezuela. And like he did a lot of things that the Arabs actually, in a way, see him as a hero for them. He did things because he's crazy enough. He did things that uh, other Arab nations would not do or wouldn't do as quickly as he did because they think before they do something and he just does it. So Arabs are happy with him. But yeah, he's not very diplomatic. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Turkey, uh, let's keep going uh, in uh, the Arab world. You, you have a couple of things you wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I... I, I I'm... I've fallen victim to the idea that 
Latin America is one big country, and I took the voice away from Julio before he could actually talk about the country he's from. So I'm going back to Julio with Argent Argentinian news. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, there is this idea as well that the, the whole Europe is one big country. When I hear some podcasts don't come from the states, so it's <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah, Latin America is is viewed as one big place, uh, but it's really it's really huge, and each country is its own world, as the same as in Europe. So, uh, Julio, Julio um, I need to ask you a question. Yeah, tell me. Do you do you in Argentina get pissed off when Americans, U.S. say they are Americans? Because I, I talk to Brazilians and they get pissed off at that oh, because they say we are Americans. Oh, you have no idea. You touch my weak spot. You have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I go for the first time to the States. I'm landing in New York, and uh, these women in the control tells me, uh, is this your first time in America? And you know what I really wanted to answer was like, are you ignorant? Don't you know that I was born in America? This is only, only your country. And, but yeah, of course I had to say, yes, it's my first time in America, because you know how, how the border control is there. So I didn't want to have uh, some kind of uh, inspection in private parts of my body. So I just said, yes, it's the first time. But yeah, it's... But you know, actually, Americans don't. Most of the time, they don't say uh, I am uh, from. Uh, I am. They don't say I'm American. They they say like, oh, I'm from LA. I'm from New York. And you have to assume that they have to. They assume that uh, you know the geography and you know that that is a city in the United States. At least that well, happened to me. I, I, that's because uh, people from the United States are afraid to say I'm American when they're abroad because you know there's so much fear mongering here that everyone else is a terrorist. They're, they're trying to fool you by saying, oh, I'm from California. Maybe they won't know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, everybody loves uh, Canada. Yeah. Well, I have yeah. to say, though, I would if, if you if you said I'm I'm from America, I would assume that you meant from the U.S. So I'm I have been and just so you know, Julio, I have been railing against that usage of America since my dad first returned from his first trip to Brazil and informed me. And I was like 12 years old that there was this viewpoint of don't call it America when you're just talking about the United States. Uh, and so I try to be very careful to say United States or people from the United States. I wish there were a better word for people from the United States like Usens or something that, that we could yeah. we could use. Well, but you know what, Tom? I actually had this discussion with my American friends, and it's, it's like you say, I, I have no best way to, to, to refer to them in a shorter uh, I, and more practical way. So I, I, I kind of gave up, and I also used the term Americans for the Americans. I think what the title of the episode is going to be Usins. That, that, that ought to raise some awareness. Uh, Thank you. But yeah, so go ahead uh, about, about Argentina, uh, Julio. Um, well, um, big news uh, was the Chavez thing. So then I did some a bit more of research about my two other nationalities. One is Argentina, and the other one is space. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to talk about them briefly. Uh, first one in Argentina recently um, there was uh, there were some big news because um, priest from the Catholic Church uh, who was head of a seminar in Argentina he was British I think. He denied the Holocaust, and that means, uh, well, that's it. that means that he was expelled from the country and the seminar, and now he's back in the UK. Uh, that was quite big news. I, can can I, I make this to a big, huge topic of discussion? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure I think you know, in I, some countries, like in Germany, to deny the Holocaust is uh, actually a crime. 
not I, I think it's not in the UK. Um, so yeah, they, I think the guy apologized, and, but the Vatican is saying that his apologies were not enough. Um, but that, that's pretty much all I heard about it. They, 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 it made it to the news, but um, yeah, that's that's what I read about it. You know. I think the Pope has censored him, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So, this, so what, this guy happened, actually, happened, what happened to the freedom of choice and, and speech and opinion? In a religion? <laughs> no, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about Catholics in uh, Turkey. They control everything from the Vatican. I mean... It's it's like that, and you you have to say uh, this guy actually was not part of the church when the previous pope uh, expelled him, and then he was taken. Yeah, back he was expelled. So yeah. yeah, no, that's the issue was that he oh, was see, he I was see. taken back in uh, by the current pope, isn't it? Yes, wasn't that yes. the issue? Right, and and he yes. re uh, the moment that the, that story came out, he re said he said something again uh, that was a negationist uh, thesis. So that was the whole thing, and it embarrassed the the, the Vatican uh, a lot. Patrick, Patrick, and isn't it against did. the law in France to denounce the Holocaust? Deny, to de deny it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's exactly against the law, but th certainly uh, it it's. Uh, uh, I mean, the racist I know, crimes. I know, I know and a few, a few, opinions. a few countries in Europe. It's it's against yeah. the law. It wouldn't so I'm not sure me. whether yeah. France is one of them. I'm not it, sure. It wouldn't surprise me, but you were talking about freedom of speech and of opinion, and I don't think that really falls into the category. I mean, Why? negationism is a very dangerous thing, thing whether it's about the Holocaust, the Holocaust or about something else. I mean, the, the fact to, to say and try to, t to teach people that something that happened didn't happen is to what, me something very dangerous has, because he, it's yeah but but he has an opinion he has his own proofs and he has no, all, his own not, studies so it's why not are an you opinion. denying it's not no, an opinion no, it's no, denying yes, facts no 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 I no, mean, no. He, it's not denying a turkey, fact turkey uh, there, there are historical facts about this but i mean uh, he was me. he was a catholic he was a catholic Polio, and Polio, he also Polio, Polio, trust me i can bring you right now five or six professors of history and politics and they would talk to you for a whole hour hey, or two, okay. and they can break Listen, everything I, they have. You know what? Visited, you, can, you can find you can find professors. Camp. You can find professors who are going to talk to you and explain to you how the Earth is not five thousand years old. Is is five thousand yeah. years it's, old? Doesn't I was going, yeah. I was going, They'll I was tell you evolution is wrong. Climate change is wrong. Yeah. You can, you can find saying, a lot. I'm, not, I'm not, neither yeah. saying they're right or wrong. I'm mm -hmm. just saying they should have the right to say it, and nobody should tell them no. Turkey. I visited a former uh, camp in Latvia, and that the place was there, and the, 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 there were uh, memorial monuments, and the thing happened. You can't deny it. I mean, uh, it's like when they deny that the men went to the moon. There, there are facts about it. But okay, the guy is a priest, and he believes, like Patrick said, he he, he believes that the year is five thousand years old, and he believes there is something called God. I mean, he he has faith, and maybe so he. Wait. So, he, so maybe, he maybe believes, he just has faith he, that he the believes, Holocaust never happened. I mean, so, so 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 he believes in all of that stuff, and you don't have a problem with that. But do you have a problem that he doesn't believe in the Holocaust? Why don't you discuss but, him about the five thousand year old Earth? Of, but I discuss about that all the time. You know how much it pisses me <laughs> okay. off when I hear about when I hear about schools that are going to teach uh, creationism instead of evolution. I think that's retarded. It's called yeah. intelligent design these days. Well, yeah, good. whatever. I mean. 
you know, no, I, I think I think I, I think Turkey's got a great point, which is like, yeah, he's absolutely wrong. Maybe it's reprehensible that he believes that, but should he be, you know, pun- should he be thrown in jail or punished criminally or expelled from a country for be- for being an idiot? Um, certainly, there are. You know, it's it's obviously a controversial point because it conflicts with freedom of speech. Obviously, that's true. But and I don't think we're going to resolve that issue here today. But I think that in some instances, then action should be taken when you spread these ideas because, you know, it's like I, I can spread the ideas that uh, uh, Muslims are evildoers and should be murdered. Do you think I should be allowed to spread to teach these ideas, Turkey? Yes. Uh, well, in that case, we disagree. <laughs> yes, I do believe you have that right. If there's an idiot who's going to believe you and follow you, I can't control because he's going to learn it. Whether I allow you or not, he's going to learn it sooner or later that those opinions and believe in them. Yeah, Turkey, but you know, there are too many idiots that that believe everything they hear. So you cannot allow a guy that is supposed to be educated and who is talking to a lot of population because lots of people are Catholic and they hear what he says. You cannot allow him to spread uh, lies. Like that. That is an anti-democratic well, argument, though, because yeah, it but, says but he is already spreading. He's already spreading lies by telling people the Earth is only five years old. Five thousand. Yeah, he is. Five thousand <laughs> years old, whatever. Yeah. And so I, I, I also think that there could be an. So argument why don't you stop him from this. spreading that lie? I think I think we should. I, personally, yeah. I think we should. But uh, I, I think, we, we yeah. cut off. Uh, we cut off Tom here. Please go ahead, Tom. Oh no, no! I just said that's a that is that is a reasonable argument, but it's an anti-democratic argument to say the populace is not going to be able to discern. There are too many people who will believe him, and so we have to restrict speech. The idea behind freedom of speech is you trust the populace uh, to have a voice and to decide for themselves what they believe and what they don't. And I think that the internet is proof plenty that the populace should not be trusted in every single case. That but the I, wisdom I, of the crowds. Well, I do. I, I guess I agree that uh, dem- democracy should be limited in some very rare instances. I mean, I, I, I agree. Right. I agree with you, Patrick. Uh, that the population uh, thinking that uh, the population will have access to all the different sets of information and they will decide logically on it when some people cannot even finish primary school and they have to think what they're going to eat tomorrow, they will believe whatever the, the priest says. So you cannot allow the guy... I mean, one thing is to say that the year is 5,000 years old, which I totally disagree that he teaches that. But another thing is to spread hate for other people. It but is... What, well, yes, yes, I, no, I agree. So, so, but, so wait, wait. But, when you, but so which is more telling... damaging? Is, is, is believing that the Earth is only 5,000 years old more damaging? Uh, than than spreading hate, uh, you know, spreading the lie that the Holocaust didn't happen. The person may not end up hating Jews because they don't think the Holocaust didn't happen, but they actually may, may not end up taking vaccines. They may not end up taking medicines. They may make scientifically inaccurate deductions about their own health and care for themselves and their welfare because they believe the earth is only 5,000 years old and they don't believe in evolution and they don't trust scientists. So all of these beliefs are damaging. It's it, Where do you draw the line about which beliefs are so damaging that they're now against the law? Well, I mean, we are not drawing the limits. Clearly, the Catholic Church does, and uh, they say that they want to teach about the crap about the, the 5,000 years old Earth, but they they don't want 
to teach that the Holocaust didn't happen or did happen or, or whatever. So, yeah, it's not us deciding. And I agree with you, Tom, that you don't know where to draw the line. And, well, of course, I don't know either. Uh, it's a very touchy subject, but uh, we keep teaching think, that to the so whole population. Why doesn't the Catholic Church stop those people, those priests who go out in public and denounce Islam and call it the religion of de the devil and evil and ignites hate? So the Holocaust, don't talk about it, but you can talk about Islam and the people of Islam, and you can t curse them and call them the sons of the devil and the evil of earth. Hey, if I remember correctly, I'm the one who said we should stop those people who call Muslims, uh, who call for murdering of Muslims, and you said that they should be allowed to speak. That, my, that's my point. You either yeah. make it an equal thing, deny yeah. the Holocaust, no, no denying of the Holocaust, and no one is allowed to curse and uh, call the devil yeah. Muslims devils. Well, but to be to be like this, well, the yeah. only people who are going to protect are the Jews and the Holocaust. The hell with everybody else. Sorry, I don't see that. I think I think you, you're talking about a double standard that maybe uh, exists because you know uh, there were it, a few million. Okay, I know fine. You, you know what I'm saying, Turkey. And and I think the reason for that double standard is what actually happened to the Jews during World War Two. But uh, I guess that's to, my second problem. To, that's my second problem. I, wait, just everybody a second. Everybody talks about the Holocaust, when, and when they talk about it, the only people they mention are Jews. There were gypsies. There were homosexuals. They, they were blacks. Nobody they ever mentions all of yeah, and they, they were Catholics, they were uh, Chinese in China, and nobody ever mentions any of these nationals. The only people we know when we talk about the Holocaust are linked to are the Jews. And well, that's why they that's call because denying, that's... denying the Holocaust is anti-Semitic, and that's the worst thing I heard because I'm Semitic, because I'm an Arab. I would love to know why I'm anti-Semitic if I, if I say something bad about Jews. First of all, I think you're playing on words a little bit, and but you, there is some truth to what you're saying. Second of all, I think the Jews have better PR people and that's only half oh, yeah. a joke. And uh, and third of a, uh, third of all, to to Tom's point from before, I think it is difficult to draw the line. Indeed, that's very difficult. But it's one of those instances where you know when the line has been crossed. And 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 in those rare instances where the line has been crossed so far that it actually becomes dangerous, then you should do something about it, whether it is the Earth being 5,000 years old or the Holocaust or, you know, anything in that area. Yeah, actually, it's not the only Holocaust that happened. I think sure. uh, something happened to the... Well, I'm not I'm not so good on, on that, his, that part of history, but Armenians suffer a Holocaust as well. Well, it's not called yeah. a, a Holocaust, but sure, there was a... a well, they yeah. that, well, and uh, what what happened in World War II was not the worst Holocaust. The worst Holocaust was what the Spanish did to the aborigines in Latin America. They killed a lot more people than the Germans killed Jewish. You know, I come from a family that's been displaced uh, many times from different countries by, you know, different events. So I also know about so, things like that, and I... I understand what you're saying, Turkey, but there is one emblematic thing that represents what happened in World War II, and I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. You, it's it's what we talk about when we talk about this. But anyway, we're we're probably not going to resolve that issue um, today. I mean, anyway, Patrick, I wanted to clarify something. It's not that I'm I'm trying to diminish the, the what happened. What I was trying to say is uh, what your position about you said about PR and history revisionism and that this is closer to us and that's it that is why also it made it big to the news uh you have a lot of uh historical recordings pictures 
uh, of how these people were when they were found is found is just not not human. Yeah. So I, I think uh, you cannot just deny pictures. You know, well, it you, know you can you can make them up with Photoshop. And I think, you know, that's, that's, I'm joking again, but I think that's sort of the fear that makes it the reaction so strong, uh, Turkey, is that uh, a lot of people think those people who were, who died, uh, or who were in the camps are starting to die now, and there are very few people left. So there is a fear that what happens in 20, 30 years, when we don't have di direct witnesses anymore, and everyone can pretend that it didn't happen, and you won't have anyone who, was, who will say, I was there, and it did happen. So people are very try to be very careful about this in, uh, specifically. But uh, certainly I see your point about freedom of speech and the double standard. I and, mean, and the Jewish were, were the dominant, the, the, by far the predominant percentage of people killed in the Holocaust. Uh, the Gypsies had a couple million, the Poles had a couple million, just Slav, just for being Slavic, uh, and, the, and the Jews were six million. So I understand why it's focused on that. It's a good point to bring up that it wasn't just Jewish people, but I understand why you, know, you think that. Also, just a side point, the Catholics actually support evolution, I mean, of, of all the crazy things that we're talking about here. So, so you, they'll let this guy talk about the 5,000-year-old Earth, even though it's not the official position of the Church. No, I mean, uh, I, I wanted to say, Turkey, that, yeah, I don't agree with the guy teaching about the, ha the Holocaust not happened, but I also don't agree with what you said uh, about the guy, uh, about Catholics saying uh, that the Muslims are the devil and whatever. You you did this podcast for dummies, I think, some weeks no, ago. I, I'm, and not, I'm not saying the Catholics actually, say, I'm saying there no, are look, priests out there what I mean who is, says, and nobody like, says anything for them. There is a lack, at least in Latin America, there is, there is a lack of information. We, we were never taught that the, the Islam believed that uh, they, that they know about Jesus and they believe about Jesus and what, what happened before. That was completely new for me when, when you when you talk about that. So there is a lot of misinformation, and that's why oh, they teach these things. Yeah, that was uh, I, we were actually taught that in catechism. That it, that Islam believed in Jesus and believed in Moses, uh, and 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 all of that. I mean, I don't know if I was just lucky to have a good nun or something, but um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that uh, we we received. A, I never received a "you should hate the Islam" message from any uh, of the people in my Catholic up, upbringing. It was always, you know, respect other religions, but this is why they're wrong. No, no, I never received that that <laughs> teaching directly either. But I mean, and, what and I meant is that I was never taught about them either. Julio, when you're when you're yeah. saying uh, I was taught in America, I, I don't understand because you said you were from Argentina, which obviously is not America. <laughs> um, okay, let's give the last word uh, on this topic to to Turkey, and then uh, you can move on to your uh, local topic, Turkey. Uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> stretch this anymore. Uh, as you, want, you, can, you can you can I give you the conclusion to this. No, 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 no. We, we, we are reaching. In overall, we do agree on the basics. So, okay, let's leave Fine. it at that. <laughs> okay, so your, your, your story of changing everything in Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, the biggest news in Saudi Arabia the last uh, two or three weeks has it been now. It's the change in government. It's the first ch major change since the king took over the throne throne in uh, 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 three years ago. So it wasn't an uh, over a complete overhaul, but it's a major overhaul. There were a few ministries changed, uh, positions changed. The, the biggest changes have been, first, 
we have the head of the high court uh, in Saudi Arabia is a person called Bin Luhaydan, and he has been sacked out of office, put into retirement, and a new person has been put into his place. And this is a celebration, personally, for me. <laughs> so why? What what happened? Uh, Bin Luhaydan is, is an extremist uh, right wing, and he's the same person, if you heard about the old story, the old news I mentioned once, about the... Uh, person who declared that uh, uh, people who, who own TV satellite TV channels because of all the corruption they produced they should be killed mm. yeah that was so, a while ago yeah so uh, he's been uh, and he he's also uh, the major opposition to a new law that was requiring that the Sharia law be written down and distributed to to all the judges instead of each judges uh, doing whatever he likes and whatever he believes. So is so, that a, a move from the king to make, uh, to, to make uh, the, the Saudi uh, government more open and more uh, tolerant? Yes, yes, yes. That's a major move because now with the new uh, head of the courts, uh, he's a more uh, government and he's more moderate and he's more government-oriented. Uh, so... Uh, we're hoping, people are looking forward and hoping that uh, soon enough the Saudi courts would have written the laws in books and distributed to the judges. And so we stop seeing ridiculous uh, cases and uh, judgments around the country. For example, this is a judgment that happened, uh, I think, a month or two ago. In one, it's a similar case. Two kids stole two she sheep from man in one part of the country and the judge who prosecuted them gave them uh, six years jail and two thousand lashes each two thousand yeah well of course you don't get the lashes all at the same time <laughs> it's just throughout the six years jesus it's like a payment yeah. plan yeah exactly <laughs> so there's a similar case that happened a week after this case where Two kids also stole a hundred sheep, and they got judgment to jail six months and a hundred and two hundred lashes each. Wow. Um, so was that a kind of a last straw situation where the king didn't like the guy to begin with and maybe put uh, the him guy, in the place? Guy, yeah, the guy. The guy was on the bench to be kicked. Sooner or later, especially after his uh, declaration, fatwa, where he said uh, the owners of TV channels should be uh, killed. But so, I mean, <laughs> what? How does the uh, religious uh, faction in the country deal with this? Are they actually aligned with the king, or did he anger them by doing this? <clears throat> Depends on who you talk to. Um, the, uh, extremists are certainly angry at this. Uh, moderates and liberals are happy with this. So it really depends on who you talk to. But I mean, he didn't do it before, so certainly he had a reason for not doing it before. Uh, he just wanted things to cool down. He didn't want mm. people to immediately link that fatwa to his sacking. It's just a, a kind of a diplomatic thing. Just give it a while. Let people kind of forget about it and then kick him out. I see. Yeah. So my, my next question would be, how influential is that going to be in the in the uh, region? Because it seems to me 
from what you've been telling us, it's a strong signal from uh, an, author uh, an authority figure that's important in the region that being too much of a fun fundamentalist uh, is not acceptable. Am I reading too much into it? Uh, it doesn't really affect the region that much. It's, it only affects Saudi Arabia because the, the Saudi Arabia is the only country in the world right now that uh, follows the Sharia law and follows it the way we do it, which is every judge has his own opinion and he can make judgments according to what he understands. There's no written set of rules or laws. So Sure, it but it still takes the, the country in a, in a specific direction under the ruling of the king. So Yeah, the king, king Abdullah has always been known as a moderate and he has been doing a lot of movement and one of the other movements that changes that he made was that uh, for the first time in the history of Saudi Arabia uh, vice uh, minister is a female and she's basically the vice minister of uh, education for the female education that yeah I heard about this too well from you actually and I just yeah. didn't comprehend it given all you told me and how things work in in uh, in Saudi Arabia, I just didn't understand how this was even possible, but great, it's a good thing. Patrick, no, I think I, this is one of the ones that I made it to the news uh, about Saudi Arabia, I think. And uh, he, he, she was made, I think, vice minister of education for females. It sure, was very but, specific. Yeah, but even a female being in a position of authority would seem like something outlandish to me in, in Saudi Arabia. It I was mean, reported here that she was not allowed to drive herself to work still, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the, she's not only the only one. There's actually, I think, it happened a, bit, a month or two, and it was a less known news. The first uh, officially uh, woman to be hired by a Saudi embassy on a diplomatic level. I think she was uh, hired by the Higher Ministry of Education and the Cultural Mission in, in New Zealand, I think. I'm not sure, but uh, she's the first woman to carry a diplomatic passport. So there are Saudi women working in embassies overseas, but they are usually contracted. They're not officially following any uh, specific government authority, and they don't carry diplomatic passports. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm sorry to say that I haven't heard about this on on official French news at all. I heard the first <laughs> I heard from it was from you, Turkey. Anyway, I'm surprised. We... That's been a huge news, even on CNN. I kind of thought, yeah. what? So women became vice minister. was the big deal. <laughs> but uh, Turkey, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a bit of a feminist myself, but uh, these women, I read, he, she was very well educated uh, in the States. I'm, I'm not sure which university she went to, but was one of the important ones. I assume she's not the only very well educated women in your country um, so yeah it's, it's, I, I'm very glad that this happens in the first place but I, don't you think there is a bit, a bit of a waste of workforce when you don't allow them to work in these kind of places well actually women do work in specific places I've mentioned this before and uh, they are starting to get into other places uh, women are well known to work in um, the medical uh, areas and in education. So you find women in education and in uh, medicine. However, women have been going into other uh, parts of the world and uh, it's a known, little known fact, but it's a growing thing in Saudi Arabia. Actually, female Saudi women are 
uh, huge working as uh, administration work, secretarial work. They're actually starting to mix with men. However, it's not official. You don't find it in governmental offices. You find it in private sectors, banks and private companies. And it only happens with, within the walls of those companies. So it's not really something you know about. But there are women that you can go to any big known company. You can go inside and you'll be surprised to find that there are women and men working together all Saudis and they're having no problems. Um, so it's moving slowly but surely. Uh, Tom, anything you want to add about this Because before I give you the mic? Uh, just just a little, you know, observation when I was reading about this story. Uh, it, it put me, I, I was reading a little bit about the succession. Uh, I, I don't know, Turkey, has there been some discussion of changing the way that succession is done? Or maybe that was just speculation that I was reading. Uh, well, uh, no, no, that, the, uh, that's, uh, I don't know why people are mentioning this. Succession has been de declared, the system has been declared by the king about six months after he took the throne. He did change the entire system. He made it more organized and uh, uh, with a, uh, more clearer than before. Before, it was kind of a mess. There was no exact system. It's just uh, people doing whatever they do. Now there is a written law and there's a written system about succession. And it's basically right now there's uh, a committee of the elders of the Saudi family, Al-Saud family, the royal family, and uh, the also uh, who discussed this thing. Uh, well, let's try. First, the king is uh, when the king is, takes the throne, he has to pick uh, his crown prince, which his crown prince automatically takes the throne from the king. The crown prince has to be approved by the uh, minister, the authority of uh, of rule, which is considered from the heads of the royal family, and the, and after they get the approval from that, they have to get approval from the heads of tribal leaders and so on. And as soon as he becomes crown prince, then he's the king second. So it's all about deciding the crown prince. The king is officially the crown. The new king is the crown prince automatically. Gotcha. Um, it just put me. It put me in mind of of uh, European countries in the 1500s when uh, the the church was still very strong. You had to pay attention to the clerics, but the uh, but the the kings were were trying to work to modernize the country uh, and 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 make advances and and grant rights and at the same time consolidate power. It seems like the Saudi Arabia is going through a similar, more modern version of that, where they're trying to bring these advances but kind of keep the uh, the church you know happy but not allowing them to run things yes well, that's just, it is it is a slow change and uh, it's a very interesting change and uh, and we are we do expect a lot of change coming in and uh, as for women driving i'm expecting that to be legalized within the next 10 years maximum Well, Patrick? Uh, what, yes. what, Patrick, what you said about the the countries, Tom, what you said about the countries in the 1500s and the king having to deal with the church, uh, it reminded me of current presidents having to deal uh -huh. with multinationals taking or, le or leaving the capital and the country according to their decisions. So as well, yeah. they try to make decisions that are good for the population, but they have to be uh, attractive for private investors. Uh, that's Seems a very like good observation. Yeah. 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 They're Still sort of in the, in the position of the church now. Yeah. So, Patrick, you so want to... So the new to... church is multinationals. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So you you want some local stuff? Please. Well, you Patrick? know, as local as you can do without just being the Oscars. Well, you can you can choose. Do you want a bankrupt government, killer cops, or drought? Wow. Killer I think, cops. I like killer, killer cops. cops, too. Killer cops. <laughs> so I don't know if, uh, if this made the news elsewhere, uh, but there was a huge... Uh, protest, and this is actually a couple months old now, uh, but it's still the reverberations are still being felt. A, uh, a BART policeman, BART is the transit system, the uh, Bay Area Rapid Transit. Uh, a BART policeman on New Year's Eve shot and killed a man in a train stop um, because he thought, this is what he says anyway, he thought he was reaching for his taser and he pulled out his pistol instead. Um, Right. It was probably wasn't a pistol, but it was it was his his weapon, um, and so there was a huge. How, how can uh, you not see that you have a a gun instead of a taser in your hand? I, I guess mean, they both have triggers. I don't know. It seems yeah. like you'd be a little more well trained than that. Um, but it, there was there were some disturbances, you know, mid late late on night, and people yelling at the cops, and uh, and so they had this one guy down on the ground uh, with his hands behind his back. And someone pulled out a cell phone and was shooting video of it and caught the shooting on video. So that made the news. People started rioting uh, in, uh, in Oakland, California, in my home where I, where I live. They didn't riot in my home, but in my hometown here. Um, and uh, they, they burned some cars. They, uh, you know, they, they, uh, there were some injuries and they had conflicts with the police. A lot of people were arrested over the fact that he had not been uh, arrested or put in jail. The, the policeman in question was allowed to resign and had left the state. Hmm. So uh, You have a lot and, of and hippies there. That, that, but that was the what? end of it? Hippies. That that was not the end of it, actually. That was uh, he was he was the the protests continued. Actually, the first round of protests, I was out of town, and I was I was very upset because the people who burned cars and smashed windows were not from Oakland. They were people from other cities who came in. Uh, I, bet, and decided I bet there to, were a lot of people from Berkeley. Yeah, there were there were a lot of people from Berkeley. You're right, Turkey, and they and they trashed up our town and, and gave Oakland a bad name because Oakland is always trying to fight this image as the place where all the gangsters are. Um, and and so I didn't know it there had was this th image. You're the there, one spreading it. Well, I am now, but that that's the image <laughs> in the Bay Area anyway. Okay. Uh, people are like, "Oh, you live in Oakland." I'm like, "Yeah, I live in a nice part of Oakland." But um, so, so it, what, what happened is the, the protests continued, and they eventually uh, decided to arrest the, the policeman, and uh, they went to Nevada and extradited him and, and brought him in and, and put him on trial. Uh, and now I think it's, it's still awaiting a, a conclusion, the last I knew. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive, actually. Uh, they, they caved to the pressure? I, you know, they said we're doing an investigation the entire time. They were, mm. they were never, uh, they, they, they were never saying that they thought he was innocent or guilty. Uh, but they had to do an internal investigation, and then after the protest, the internal investigation turned out, oh yes, there was wrongdoing, and now he needs to be arrested. Was there a race issue in the? Was the the guy who was killed black and the policeman white? Or yeah, nailed it. The guy who was, who was killed was black, and the, and and there had been a series of questionable cop cops shooting people uh, over the past maybe five or six months before that. Uh, in all those cases, it was someone either fleeing fleeing the police. 
your your mic is picking up on the background. This really loud. Okay, that's it. Sorry, okay. sorry, Tom. No worries. Uh, in those cases, it was the the cops sh you know, pursuing a sub suspect, or in fact catching someone doing something wrong. Uh, this was the first case where it was like, okay, this, this guy was being a little rowdy. He doesn't deserve to be shot. Mm. I see. Well, I haven't heard about this either. It's it's really the um, uh, everyone live in their own little uh, country month. Did you hear about the repossession thing, the guy being shot? The repossession thing? Yeah. No. So apparently, I think this was in the Mississippi, I think. So oh, okay. A guy woke up at, the, at 2 o'clock in the morning because he heard noises outside his home. And he thought there were thieves outside, so he picks up his uh, gun and goes out. It starts shooting, and then he's shot, and he's dead. Turns out there there was a group, three men, uh, who are repossessioning his uh, his car because he didn't make uh, payment uh, on uh. it, and they shot back at him and killed him. They shot back at him. Yeah. That, what is wrong with your country, Tom? We have a lot of guns. Yeah, Why you do know? you repossess something in the middle after after midnight when people are asleep and think that someone is robbing them? Because they, if you don't do it in the middle of the night, you get shot at, apparently. Yeah, also. exactly. Apparently now you still get shot at, no matter what time of day. So you might as well show up during the daylight. At least you'll be able to see the guy coming with the gun. <laughs> There's also a guy in Joplin, Missouri, who shot his television because we had the digital TV transition and he couldn't get his channels anymore because he hadn't upgraded. <laughs> yeah, I heard about this on Buzz Out Loud. Stop talking about the DTV. Oh, I heard about that one. But he, he was put in jail. More than enough, man. He was put in jail for, for, for shooting at his TV, right? Yeah, for uh, unlawfully discharging a firearm. Which apparently uh, you get put in jail for shooting at your TV, but not if you shoot a guy uh, when you're a cop. Well, no, you did. he did end up in jail. So After in the end, two they, both, they, yeah. Yeah, they both ended. And there's actually a march today uh, in, in uh, commemoration of the BART shooting victim. I just did a quick search to see if there was any recent news. And so it's they're still kind of going on. Talking about this issue of too many guns, um, if you've seen um, Roger Moore's movie, which I'm sure a lot of people don't like anyway, uh, Bowling for Columbine, you hear that um, one objectic, objective fact, uh, he manipulates things a lot in his movies, so I'm sure you could, you, you know, you could say that some things are not as they appear to be in the movie, but one objective fact is the, the fact that they have about as many guns per person in Canada as they do in the U.S., yet you don't have nearly as many ki killings. So when you were I do, saying... I do, have to, I do have to point out it was, it's Michael Moore, not Roger Moore. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> 007, he would have done a totally different movie. Didn't, didn't you say Roger Moore before when we were... Did I, did I start it? I very well may have, yeah. I, so, so it's probably my fault. I think I'm, it's your I'm fault. correct myself. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Michael Moore doesn't show like the typical uh, spy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, I mean, the 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 Canadians have just as many guns. Uh, yeah, well, that's actually a good point. Which is, I am actually not against gun ownership in principle. 
it's uh, it's all about responsibility and and the kinds of guns. I mean, it's it's fine to say someone who lives out in the country who likes to shoot pheasant should be allowed to have their gun and go shoot pheasant. I mean, maybe animal rights activists don't like that, or you know, that's a totally different conversation. Uh, but do we need AK-47s? Do we need you know every kid in the inner city packing heat? It's it, you know, it's have some rationalism about it, and I I think that's a really good stat to point out is that you know in Canada they have a very different system but there's just as many guns it's mm. just they're allocated differently and used responsibly apparently isn't but, uh, Tom sorry sorry to interrupt you Patrick uh, Tom how can you actually go and buy a gun in the states don't you have to pass a test of intelligence at least no <laughs> no obviously not uh, from the stories we've we've just heard about televisions being shot, um, no, you uh, you there are lots of ways around the law. You do have to go apply for a license to get a gun uh, to to be a gun owner, but the uh, you don't have to take any kind of test. Uh, you you have to pass a background check if you do it in one way, but if you go to a gun show. Uh, you don't have to pass the background check sometimes. There, there are a lot. I don't really understand, actually. So I'm sure there's somebody who knows more about it than I do that can correct me. But there are ways to sort of get around the system. It's, it's very easy to get a gun if you really want to. And uh, also this other issue you're talking about, about what type of gun, uh, there was a ban of, on automatic weapons. Was it all automatic weapons or just uh, some specific? I'm not sure. But it was lifted a couple of years ago. Um, by the Bush administration, which is something I don't, I honestly don't understand. There are a lot of things I don't understand about the way Americans do things. This is one of the most unbelievably stupid things that, that I can refer to. It's the fact that you can actually legally buy an, an Uzi or an M16 or something like that. The, the idea is that I need to be able to protect my home. And so if the guys out there have automatic weapons, I need to be able to have automatic weapons. Right. But it's, if no one has the, automatic it, weapons? So the, the, but if you make the, automatic weapons illegal, only criminals will have automatic weapons. And then you're at a disadvantage as a good guy. You know what? That's the I, argument. Yeah, I want to do a um, Republicans for Dummies the same way we did the uh, Muslims for Dummies, <laughs> Islam for Dummies at one point. Maybe... Uh, some of them will be uh, uh, IRA uh, advocates and they can, uh, they can explain this to us more clearly because I'm sure, yeah, there must be some logical argument to be made behind this. And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to have as much luck as Michael Moore had. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, I think we are going to move this show to a close because it's almost uh, two hours long now. Before we do, though, I want to talk about um, Brian's email. Brian uh, was a guest on the show a while back, and he sent me an email about the Islam for Dummies episode I was just talking about a second ago. And he said a couple of things that I wanted to relay and submit to, to Turkey and get his reaction. Um, the first thing he said was uh, the condoning, the condoning of, uh, sorry, the condoning of, of women from men, I think, leads to a lot of frustration. I think half the Muslim terrorists would stop if they were only to get laid once in a while. Uh, you know, you spend all your time with guys, you can drink, you can date. I guess blowing stuff up sounds like a good idea at that point, which, you know, it's a humorous way of saying something that I think is on the back of our mind uh, at all of us, which is if you get all of these uh, restrictions, it does, 
bring you to a certain state of frustration, which is maybe easier to manipulate. I, I wanted to have your, your um, opinion on this, Turkey. Well, I kind of agree with that, but I also like to mention that most of these terrorists who were blowing themselves up or killing, they're actually married to at least one woman, if not four. Right. Okay. And maybe they are also drinking or doing stuff in the drug. Uh, that, that, that I cannot <laughs> say with, with, okay. with confidence, but I'm, I'm sure they were married because I, 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 I follow some of these news and usually they are married to one or four women. I see. Uh, Only one or four, never two or three? Uh, you no, know what that's... I mean. One to four. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, I just thought it was some terrorist law. Tom, you know, Tom two is, or three is, are ugly numbers. Tom is a very scientific person, so you have to be precise. Either it's one or four or one to four. <laughs> I cut you off here. Turkey, I uh, know it's fine, I, but I assume also that these guys can also have sex before they get married. So, I mean... Right, Turkey? Uh, not, not by Islamic law, no. Well, I guess that's my... Well, not by Catholic law either, but Catholics have sex before marriage anyway. Yeah, that, that's where I was going with the, I guess they drink and have and do drugs anyway, which is the, this idea that, you know, if, if there are terrorists, they're going to go around these, they are, you know, amoral people anyway, and they're going to go around the rules no matter what. But maybe we're mistaken. Are they actually so, fun, so many, uh, you know, fundamentalists that they are, are going to... Um, observe the non-drinking, non-drugs laws too? Uh, the majority, yeah. The majority okay. of them would observe it, but I'm, I'm sure and I heard about some who don't observe it. And some, for some reason or another, they make excuses to go around the, forbidding, uh, the forbidden law. However, oh, most of them do f follow it. And that's why, that's why I said with confidence, they are married to one, to four women, because that's within the Islamic law. But the other things... There might, some of them might, and some of them might not. That I cannot I say with a clear conscience of, of uh, facts. Okay. I don't yeah, know I, how. I think, that, I, I think that if you believe in something so badly as to be willing to kill yourself for it, I think you can deal with no drinking alcohol as well. Yeah, probably. Tom, I don't know how credible the story is, but there was a uh, there was a story going around that the uh, the men who flew the planes into the World Trade Center in 2001 went to Las Vegas before uh, to and and hired prostitutes and got drunk and took drugs on the that premise is, that, that when they killed themselves story. everything would be forgiven that is a true story is yeah. it true that they they did it because it would all be forgiven once they had actually you know uh, you're, you're, you're you're talking to the same person who doesn't believe all of those names are actually t uh, hijackers <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah, because some of them, two of them are actually right here living in Saudi Arabia right now. So they they didn't get forgiven. <laughs> they never were in the U.S. Um, the two other, of the twelve names. But, but forget it, forget it, forget about the identities. If the guys who you know who are, let's just say it's a suicide bomber. No, no, uh, no. Goes no, and gets drunk that, before he he gives no, up his life. That that doesn't work, does it? No, no. That, that's not the reason they did it. The reason they did it the way I heard it is because they had to, they used it as a way, there's a, a kind of a, a loophole in Islam that they are kind of spies, so they have to mingle in and be part uh -huh. of the people so they won't be discovered. So it's okay for them to do this because it's part of their cover. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
the other point that uh, Brian was bringing up was uh, one of my biggest peeves in the when someone brings up the Crusades as an excuse to what they are doing today. Uh, I think it's intellectually extremely lazy to fall back on the Crusades. And what I would answer to that is we're not we weren't uh, using the example of the crusade as saying as to, a way to say hey look at that they did it too so it's okay or anything like that i think what we were saying is religion can be manipulated into a lot of different uh ways and the yeah, fact that the crusades that. were you know whatever you know eight nine thousand uh, hundred years ago is not really important. What's important is that different religions can be used in different ways. And I think maybe some, uh, you know, other people felt that way about our arg argument about the Crusades. So that would be my answer. Do you concur, Turkey? Yeah, that's exactly why we mentioned the crusade. The point was that it, it's not about Islam only, that other religions can be manipulated and you can do horrible things in the name of religion. And Islam is not the exception. Crusade is an example of how Christianity was manipulated into a horrible thing. So if you did not understand any of the references we made in this little segment, you can go back and listen to the uh, special episode number one that we recorded a couple of weeks ago with Turkey and uh, Scott Johnson. That was uh, Muslim uh, or Islam for dummies. And uh, it was an episode where we uh, talked about what Islam is in a very simple and straightforward and even dumb way because we also I would, uh, Patrick, I'd like to mention one thing I've been just, I've been just noticed on the uh, work on the, in your blog about the show, and one person commented about he's uh, from the Ahmadiyya movement. So uh -huh. uh, uh, now, what he believes in is none of my business, but I'd like to point out that Ahmadiyya is not to uh, it's it's a movement that claims it's part of Islam, but no Muslim sect or uh, population believes them as Muslims. They are considered outcasts that follow. A faith that is uh, manipulated. Okay, well, I have no expertise in the in that area, so I will not uh, comment on it. Uh, and I guess that leads us to our last segment of the show, which is uh, and now for something completely different. I think we, uh, Julio, you have uh, something to tell us about uh, something that happened in space. Right. Okay. Um, I have two pieces, uh, two articles about something that happened recently. Uh, first, uh, one in which I think you guys heard uh, two satellites collided with each other and they destroyed each other. I don't know if uh, that made it to the news uh, on your side. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, this was an American uh, satellite and a Russian, Russian old abandoned satellite. And they collided, generating even more space garbage, as we like to call it. Uh, with when one satellite that is already garbage, as the Russian one that was deactivated, uh, collides and they explode in thousands of pieces. Each of them uh, become independent, and they become a hazard to other satellites or even to the astronauts who are uh, in the space station. So, so it's a big deal. Yeah. I guess you're, you're the right person to ask questions about this since you actually know about it. Uh, how come this doesn't happen more often uh, was my first thought. You know, you have thousands of satellites out there and zooming into space at uncontrollable speeds. Doesn't that happen all the time? 
Um, well, it it does it doesn't happen all the time uh, because there are some measures taken to prevent this. Um, first of all, let, let's start from the fact that space is a huge place. I mean, it's really hard to imagine it. that. And you know, I think that might also be the title of the episode. Space is a huge space place. Oh, well. Blowingly huge. Right. Uh, no, but I don't mean it in the way of the whole universe. I mean, the, the orbiting the Earth, you have a certain number of orbits in which you can put satellites on. Um, and the, a lot of junk. And a lot of garbage, yes. So, yeah, you, you have many, many satellites up there, but they are, first of all, on different orbits. Uh, sometimes these orbits can happen to intersect each other and if the if both satellites are there at the same time they could collide um, but there are monitoring systems and if two satellites are coming too close to each other for instance you can uh, turn on one of the thrusters and move one of them a little bit so they don't touch each other that's why this uh, was uh, such big news because they it was not uh, prevented let's because say. it actually doesn't happen all the time is what you're saying it's what I mean is that it could happen all the time, but it's prevented, and mm. measures are taken to prevent it. Still, uh, it's not as often as uh, cars crashing in a city, for instance. Uh, you, I was, well, I was talking to Patrick before, uh, and I was trying to give a silly example. Uh, if you are on the desert and you're going at the high speed, and there is another person on the desert, let's say the, some big place like the Sahara. Uh, what are the chances that you're going to collide with each other? Very slim. And the, the, example, the example you actually gave was, uh, what if you're on a bicycle in the desert, which Turkey had something to say about. You don't ride a bicycle <laughs> in the desert. Uh, so, you're sorry. picky, Patrick. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Please go on, Julio. I'm being silly. <laughs> I was actually trying to avoid the bicycle part because <laughs> it sounds really silly. Um, but yeah, if you're going at high speed and there, there are no high chances that you collide, nothing will happen. But uh, okay. if you collide at that speed, yeah, they, they, they will crash into each other. And like I said, the biggest problem is not the, actually the two satellites colliding, but the amount of space garbage that they generate. And this is... a uh, major subject in space, uh, the amount of garbage that is out there at the moment, and that is a danger for other satellites, that is a danger for astronauts, and for instance, uh, I mean, these things are going much faster than bullets, and if you get it on the wrong direction, it, yeah, it, you are, um, yeah, I don't, I, so, I, I don't so want to use the word that. So what's being done to avoid one of those, you know, pieces of garbage going into the space station? Um, Do you have some super secret like laser shield uh, around the station that we don't know about? Or they pray? Yeah, we have invented <laughs> we have invented negative gravity. Um, no, actually, um, well, it is monitored. Like I said, the space station has. Um, I mean, uh, it's uh, very sturdy. Let's say um, it's built uh, to support humans inside, so uh, it can withstand small hits from small things. Um, so so if one of these guys who hates TVs in the US goes up with his shotgun in the, in space and shoots at the space station, the space station would resist. Well, I, I, I don't know the fact, but I assume that a bullet would, okay. wouldn't do much to it. Um, okay. But uh, then you have 
also the, this garbage there is uh, rotating around the Earth, but eventually they fall and burn in the atmosphere. So uh, the problem is not generating more because we already have enough and we have to give it time to disappear. And finally, uh, when, you have, when you have a satellite that is not working anymore, usually what you put it, we have something called... Uh, um, well, we have some orbits where you actually send the satellites to, let's say, die or be deactivated. And in those are orbits specifically used for garbage um, so that you diminish the, the possibility of an accident with operational satellites. So you have well, the United satellite- States just shoots them down. <laughs> actually, the, the, the Chinese do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was the Chinese was. that did the missile test, right? Yeah, they did a missile test and there was a major outrage in the space community because they generated even more garbage via this. And it's uh, some treaties are trying to be put so that this is not allowed anymore. Of course, the Russians and the Americans, they did this in the 70s. When something stopped working, they just destroyed it so that it wouldn't fall in the hands of the other faction. But, well, now it's, uh, wor- uh, now it's uh, worried. They are worried that China can do it as well. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, there was another thing that happened recently in space. In space, yes. Uh, well, this is a very sad news. Um, there was a mission from NASA called OCO, uh, which was going to measure the level of carbonate in the atmosphere. Um, that you know, uh, this gener- this is the gas that generates. Uh, um, I, guys, how do you say the um, the effect that the the, the air uh, is increasing? No, it's increasing the temperature. Oh, um, um, yeah, you have to edit this part. Um, the greenhouse effect. <laughs> yeah, the shit. The, so yeah, now we, now you have to edit <laughs> the greenhouse effect. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you want to take it over from. No, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, so the okay. the satellite was sent so to study this is, the greenhouse this is, effect. This is very sad news. The this satellite called OCO. Uh, was going to measure the gas that generate one of the gases that generate uh, the greenhouse effect, among other functions, of course. Uh, but it's a very, let's say, uh, ecological <laughs> satellite. Yeah. Uh, well, sadly, the the launch failed and the satellite plunged into the Antarctic Sea. Uh, I one of my missions called Cryosat. I'm building now Cryosat two. Because Cryosat 1, which was going to measure the level of the ice on the polar caps, again, a very environmental mission, failed two years ago also on a launch failure, and it also plunged into, this time, the Arctic Ocean. So it was very close to me because it's uh, pretty much the same that happened to the other mission. I mean, the failure was different, but it does raise... Uh, and this is the part where it's not the opinion of the agency, but, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, I mean, it's not my neither. It's just a funny fact that two uh, major uh, environmental missions failed uh, at launch time, and it raises the subject. Uh, well, it it just sounds suspicious. I don't know what to say. I mean, so that's well, also they crashed in the Antarctic, thus raising the temperature in Antarctica, where we don't want any more ice melting. <laughs> Which. <laughs> Well, well, like I say, I was just being silly. I mean, of course, these are just very unfortunate failures, and I was trying. Well, to I don't know. I think I think you know the oil companies might have super secret laser guns that you know shoot <laughs> down. Uh, hey, 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 hey! You shouldn't what? talk about the stuff we talk about. Stop secret. Keep it quiet. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, Turkey. Turkey. So I, you're I, well, all of the... Sorry. 
Good. So when all the Martian missions were uh, were blowing up, everyone thought that was a conspiracy as well. From aliens, from your dog who wakes you up with alien technology. <laughs> Could be. No, anyway, guys, I, I want to clarify: this is not a conspiracy. This was a launch <laughs> failure. Okay, I own. Yes, of course. Shh, shh, shh. Don't say any more. Turkey, That's I won't discuss exactly our Exactly what they want oh, you to think. End of subject, people. End of subject. <laughs> right. uh, talking well, about I, space, actually, I think it was three weeks ago, we had a, hu a huge uh, asteroid. In, uh, what do you call it? Asteroid when it blows in the, in the sky? Uh, Meteorite. Yeah. Meteorite. So yeah, it, 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 it was huge. It came out versus Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, and it just exploded in the middle of the night. And the entire city was uh, in light, had some light for a few for a few seconds. Wow! Actually, there were a couple, a few accidents because some drivers were blinded by the wow. light. Do you think it was one of those uh, super secret oil company lasers that uh, malfunctioned? No, no. I think that was one. Did of it the happen at the same time of the American launch? Huh. Yeah. I think uh -huh. we're on to something, and we have to stop right now if we don't want to get you know too deep into the story. So let's uh, close up the show uh, before we get into the danger zone. I can I, Howard? Can I go into uh, one small, tiny, silly story? That go ahead. I, because I'm also local to the Netherlands, and I read this story. It's not so new, but I thought it was funny. Uh, they implemented a smoking ban in the Netherlands quite some months ago. So yeah, you cannot smoke in public places. So that means in uh, coffee shops in the Netherlands, where you can buy and sm smoke joints, now you cannot buy them with tobacco anymore so now you have to <laughs> smoke your marijuana straight yeah i heard about this i actually i think we i talked heard about, about this it. one too yeah i think we talked about this uh, on the show um for a few months ago it, i think it was already our silly so story uh, yeah it's old i just wanted to find something funny about the netherlands and yeah there you <laughs> and, go uh, how is this working out now that it's been a few months are people smoking pure marijuana uh, cigarettes uh, well, I'm not a smoker, so um, I assume they don't. They cannot do this in public places, but they can always smoke at home, and they can always make them at home. So, yeah, but the, what about the coffee shops? Well, in the coffee shops, you cut. You you have to smoke marijuana. Wow. Well, you don't have to, but if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You're not smoking any marijuana. You'll have to move along. <laughs> you can always drink coffee. I assume that they they sell coffee there. In the so, coffee shops, that would be a novel idea. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my story. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Julio. Uh, anyone else has a stupid s story or do you guys all want to move along because it's been like two and a half hours we've been here? Okay, let's I'm, move I'm along. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, thanks so much for coming on for this very long show. Uh, so, first of all, thanks uh, to Julio, who was joining us from, as I was saying, the the... Uh, skiing, uh, whatever it's called, uh, in Australia, uh, Austria. Um, is there anything you want to pimp uh, a website, your Twitter, maybe before we close off? Uh, sure, I have a Twitter account, but quite recently, uh, to some weeks ago, I actually didn't understand why people would use it. Now I'm very addicted. <laughs> uh, it's uh, well, twitter.com/aprea. That's my last name, A P R E A. So twitter.com slash Aprea to follow Julio, uh, the spaceman. Tom, yeah. um, <laughs> Tom, anything I can uh, pimp for you? One thing you, you want to choose in particular? 
Oh, you mean I don't get to mention everything? Uh, <laughs> prob- probably, probably the easiest way to find out what I'm up to is to go to tommerritt.com, uh, T-O-M-M-E-R-R-I-T-T, two R's, two T's. And uh, the thing I would uh, encourage people to go listen to is uh, East Meets West, which is a very enjoyable show about, well, pretty much what you guys have on your mind uh, at any given time. Uh, you do it with Roger Chang, who is also very famous in the... And, uh, and occasionally get you uh, to stay up late in France and join us. I love it when that happens. Yeah, so do I. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I would also encourage people to listen to Buzz Out Loud if for some unearthly reason you aren't already. And you will uh, actually enjoy uh, a little bit more ranting from Tom. I find that ever since uh, Molly isn't on the show on, uh, you know, isn't on every show anymore, you have uh, some case of Molly Rantitis. You, you rant a lot more than you did before, and I find I've, it I've, I've always ranted, and you just didn't notice because Molly was there. <laughs> Probably. She was <laughs> out-ranting you. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, Twitter. You're also on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Twitter.com slash AceDetect. A-C-E-D-T-E-C-T. <laughs> Jesus. That's that, let's not get into that. Um, uh, Turkey, what about you? What do you want to pimp today? Uh, let me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Saudi. Aren't you going to get in trouble like for using the, the name of, of the country? Isn't at some point someone going to be using Twitter like some official government person use, want to use Twitter and figure out that you're using the country's name? That will be bad. Uh, I'd rather not use the words I'm going to respond with on the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Well, uh, so that's it for this show. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash notpatrick. Of course, you can go to the website if you want to comment on anything we've said on the episode. The website is thephiliasclub.com. You will find an email address you can send uh, comments or submissions to also there. And I think that's about it. I'm going to thank everyone for listening to the show. And we will talk to you again uh, pretty soon, maybe for a special episode by the middle of next month. Or if we don't... uh, for the regular episode at the end of next month. So again, thanks everyone for listening and thanks to the hosts for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Bye. 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 Um, but, um, oh crap, I forgot what I was going to say. I, I wanted to say something crappy about Turkey. I, I apologize for my... Yeah. I was not as articulate as I wanted. You were still more articulate than us. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know, I wanted to ask... Uh, I've had a couple of comments uh, about your name, Turkey, asking, getting confused uh, and thinking it was, you know, Turkey, the country. Is Does it have anything to do with the country or what are, where yes. does it come from? Yes, yes, it does. Actually, it's a, it's a very popular name here in Saudi Arabia and the Gulf region specifically, and it's we're in, and it's basically after the after Turkey, the country, and more exact about the Turkish uh, soldiers during the Ottoman Empire. The Turkish soldiers have been known for their brutality and their bravery and their strength. So that's what the name means, basically. Uh, strength and uh, and brutality power. and brutality. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a cool name. My name means that I have curly hair, and I don't. So. <laughs>